I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Join U92 Saturdays, 10 p.m. to midnight for a journey through the audio swap. An uncultured but not uncivilized excursion through a broad audio spectrum. And we'll throw in a few curves just for fun. Saturdays, 10 to midnight on the Moose. U92 The Moose is your home for the best sports coverage you're going to find here on the campus of West Virginia University. It all starts on Wednesdays from 6 to 10. It's the Sports Block on U92. From 6 to 8, we're talking WVU sports with a tilt towards on-campus coverage. From 8 to 10, it's the Sports Page taking a look at all the national stories you want to hear the U92 sports staff talk about. Then at the bottom of every hour, Tune in for breaking news on all of the top stories in sports by members of the U92 staff. And finally, live sports on U92 The Moose are the bread and butter. Tune in for coverage of both WVU soccer teams, women's basketball, baseball, and WVU hockey. Live on U92, 91.7 FM, and U92TheMoose.com. You're not going to want to miss any of the sports here on U92. of the 2022 NFL Draft on U92 starts now.
Welcome to primetime of the 2022 NFL Draft. Over the next four hours or so, 32 names will be called. 32 lives will be changed for the better. Some names not changed for the better. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in the right place for nonstop coverage of the NFL first round draft of 2022 here on 91.7 FM U92. I'm your host for the final time, Luke Wiggs. We've got a packed house here in the U92 studios as we've got Daniel Woods behind the controls, one of our lead analysts for today. And we'll go ahead and raise the sound levels here in just a couple of seconds here, Daniel. Uh, but let's go ahead and go around the room. We've got a couple of minutes before Jacksonville's first on the clock and pick the name that maybe we all expect to. If not, we will throw an already chaotic draft into even more chaos. So Daniel Woods, one of our lead analysts today, how are you doing? I'm not bad. I rapidly finished my my top 100 that you can find at u92themoose.com uh, on the wireless blog earlier today you can find my positional rankings there as well the guy that everybody's thinking is going to go number one overall based on the intel coming out of jacksonville not necessarily the top guy on my board uh, but one that i like so we'll see our other top analyst mr liam bellin the pittsburgh kid liam working in tandem with daniel will be here one of the, one of the guys that you hear break down prospects as they happen liam how are you I'm doing good. It's always exciting draft night. You know, like you said, 32 names will be called here tonight. It'll be fun to see who goes where. This is one of the more unpredictable drafts, I would say, compared to the last couple years. You typically know who's going to go first and who's going to go top five in some sort of order. And you kind of have the, the hierarchy, I think. But there's a lot of uncertainty, I think, coming into this one, so I'm really excited to see how the dominoes fall. Well, you know the draft is already off to a great start because joining Roger Goodell on stage as they're about to start the clock for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Mr. Derek Carr, soon-to-be Super Bowl champion. What's going on with Darren his hair? Darren Waller and Marcus Allen. That's a bad look for Derek. It's long on top, buzzed on the side. Too old, too old. Yeah. For he looks, he looks, looks like, like he, he looks like syndrome from it, the Incredibles. It looks like he is no longer married or has kids. <laughs> he looks like he's he, like he looks like a middle linebacker for Tyler Consolidated. He's got no tie on. on. <laughs> no tie. Well, he's not getting his name called today. Darren Waller's, Waller's wearing, wearing jeans. jeans. He's wearing gray jeans. <laughs> Darren Waller's wearing acid wash jeans. Big fan of that. The unsung hero of tonight's draft will be Mr. Social Media Ben Mackey. Ben Mackey's job, along with applying his uh, analytical mind to our conversation as well we'll be patrolling social media so you guys will know that the second a trade happens breaking news happens Ben Mackey will have it ice cubes on the screen right now let's go uh, and Ben Mackey will keep us abreast of what the reaction is in the social media world as the draft goes on Mr. Mackey how are you I'm doing really well I'm really excited for the night to get underway as we were talking about earlier, the second huge day in a year for the Jaguars, <laughs> the last huge day when they picked Trevor Lawrence a year ago. So I'm excited to see who they who they end up going with this this year. I'm hearing Trayvon Walker, not confirmed yet by uh, Rappaport or Schefter. It was Shams that uh, yeah, it was Shams yeah, first. That I mean, hey, if he can get a scoop, he'll get a scoop. So uh, we'll see we'll see how the night goes as Ice Cube now has taken the stage. I was gonna say he's kicked. Roger Goodell off the mic and is now addressing Raider Nation. And it's a great showing for Raider Nation, as you would expect in Vegas, for a Vegas team that doesn't have a pick until the third round. That could change tonight. You don't know. I'm assuming that Darren Waller will not be traded if he's wearing acid watch jeans on the stage. Breaking news, Derek Carr has been <laughs> traded for the number one overall pick. Also, is it weird to anyone else? I get that he's like the big celebrity Raider fan, but like Ice Cube is not from Las Vegas. No, but he's you're right. He's Mr. Him. Right. Who do you want it to be? Dana White? Like, no. By the way, what do you want? There's not a lot of people that are from from Vegas right, besides Isaiah Cottrell. 
Um, by the way, do you guys? Uh, do you visit in UNLV? Do you hey, guys? This is, this is the voice of Tanner Lambert, who hasn't been. Well, introduced. I was about to yes. introduce Tanner in a second, but do you guys know who the second most famous Raider fan is, behind Ice Cube? Mark Davis. No. Brent Musburger. No. Guy Fieri. Now you know. Uh, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Cottrell, who's going to team up with Emmett Matthews and Jordan McCabe at UNLV to create West Virginia West, according to uh, a certain uh, irreputable member I of the West that. Virginia and media And then escape. win six games. <laughs> I hate that we brought that up ten minutes into the draft show. Our resident general manager is the whiz kid, the rookie. Tanner Lambert is here in studio. As the draft progresses, as the Jacksonville Jaguars are now on the clock and will be making the first pick within the next ten minutes or so, Mr. Lambert will put yep. on his general manager hat. We'll talk about team needs, and we're also going to talk about best player available. Every player is available right now, but Tanner, how are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just really confused. That dude, he gets his one moment on national TV, and he's holding his flag backwards. Jacksonville was facing him, not the camera, so it was all well, in. It's more important to him than it is to you. I, I, I just, you know, that's your 10 seconds of fame there, and you just blew it. And now we got a money in the bank case above the like. What are we doing? What is Someone's happening? gonna cash this in tonight. I mean, it looks like Mike Tomlin's gonna run on stage <laughs> with that briefcase and cash it in for the number one pick. Like what? Is, what? Are oh, we... it's Chris Angel. Oh, is that the first overall pick? So for those of you not realizing what we're talking about at home, the draft is in Las Vegas tonight. We'll talk about that as the draft goes on. There is terrible a... setup. Okay, there is a. Large metallic case with a lock on it, a box like a rest, like a something you'd see in WWE that is hovering uh, above the table of broadcasters that's, of analysts that's, for ESPN. That's precariously close to a, if if that rope fails, ending Desmond Howard's life. So, I, I guess th this is where it's fun to interpret what that is because everybody that's watching it at home knows exactly what's in that box. Do right? You know, is it the is that the first overall pick? Is that what's in there? Is that going to zoom across to the commissioner and it's going to have Trevon Walker's name in it? Sure, I, I don't know. Well, Chris Angel was the one putting it up, so I'd imagine there's it in, it's involved in some Chris Angel magic trick. Okay. Oh, that's that's what he does? Yeah. He's right. Mind Freak. I, I have no Dude, idea. Dude, that's Mind, mind Freak. freak. Don't mind you know freak. Mind Freak? No. All right, well, uh, struggling back to our conversation of Tanner, he's our resident yeah. general manager for the time being, so he's in charge of team needs, that's and true. he's in charge of our best player available. All right. Easy question for you with the first pick about to happen. Jacksonville's needs are what, and your top available player is who? Well, my top available player is not who Trent Baalke's going to take, mm -hmm. I don't think. Uh, and Daniel loves to say it. He likes guys with big arms. Baalke does. I don't know about Daniel. But the, the Jags' needs wow. are certainly on the defensive side in the front seven for sure. They have strong needs at linebacker after shipping Joe Schobert away last year and cutting Miles Jack earlier this offseason both of whom become Steelers. And then at D-tackle, they're also struggling since the exit of Calias Campbell. I mean, you think about this Jaguars team, it wasn't too long ago they were in the AFC title game. Saxonville. Certainly in range of beating New England at home to go to the Super Bowl, and they had one of the best defenses in the NFL, and there are none of those players left on this roster. That defense has been completely overhauled, and it was with players like Miles Jack early on. The only top player on that team I – think that you could say would be Josh Allen uh and, and so he really needs some help on the defensive side so I I think it's going to be either Aiden Hutchinson Trayvon Walker or Kayvon Thibodeau at the top my favorite player the best player available in my opinion who has the highest ceiling is Kayvon Thibodeau uh however I think that the Jags will end up going with Trayvon Walker five picks made in the first round over the last three years for the Jacksonville Jaguars it was Trevor Lawrence and Tra uh, Travis Etienne who didn't play hardly at all last season. way to go Urban uh -huh. 
uh, Clayvon Chason and C.J. Henderson back in 2020, and Josh Allen, the defensive end, back in 2019. Ben Mackey. Ian Rappaport said uh, just now on NFL Network that the Panthers like Malik Willis a lot, so that's something to monitor at six. That's a very good point. That's where the quarterback carousel starts. We'll have this conversation. Quarterbacks will come up a lot more tonight than they probably should, and I think that quarterback will be – the biggest flashpoint discussion for our analysts today. We had a conversation with Daniel Woods uh, outside of the lobby, and he said he'd be surprised if more than one quarterback goes off the board. If one goes off at six, I think it's safe to assume that we're going to see at least another one today. But we won't talk about that in the first round. We'll talk about that now. Daniel Woods has also compiled his own list of best players available, and I understand you're right. If people want to see it, they can go to U92's website and read it on the blog. However, since it's not behind a paywall, I will make you – Give us your top five players right now before the first pick is made. Top five on the board. Number one, I, I full disclosure, have two offensive tackles as my top two prospects. I've got Akeem Aquonu, uh, number one out of North Carolina State. Evan Neal, number two, the offensive tackle out of Alabama. Number three is Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati. Number four, Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Number five, Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan. All right, there you go. For, for what it's worth, if Trayvon Walker does go number one, he's seventh on my personal board. Ooh, that's high. Man, I don't know if I'd have him in my top ten. But I think there's a lot of disagreements when it comes to ranking prospects between myself and Mr. Woods, and I'm sure that'll lead to some spicy conversation later. Multiple ways you can interact with us on the show. We will be taking calls a little bit later in the first round, and I'll go ahead and give out that number right now if I'm correct. Back me up, Daniel. It's 304-293. Is it 3692? Yes. All right. The number to call, and again, we're going to take calls later in the show, 304-293-3692. And you can also tweet us all to get involved in the show as the pick is in. My Twitter handle, at LukeWiggs4, uh, and we'll go around the room and get the picks, or the Twitter handles, I should say, uh, from just about everybody else. The a, pick is in. Go ahead, Daniel. A certain U92 alum Jets fan has agreed to join us and Ooh. provide a live reaction to the Jets' picks at 4-10. and 10. The, uh, the Jets, one of many teams that possess a first-round pick. My team does not. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't have anything invested into the first round as a Raider fan, but I kind of miss the intrigue of the first round. You Steeler fans went through it. It was two years ago when you traded for Mika Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that was a great first-round pick. As far I was going to say, concerned. it worked out. I, I was going to say, you should feel the same way, I feel like, with you know where your first got you at the same time. And again, that was the, trader, the Raiders trading multiple first-round picks for the talents of Mr. Devontae Adams, who was not on stage with his teammates Derek Carr, I got Darren Waller. <laughs> he just bought a house in Vegas. You don't know. He could be moving. He's got a U-Haul. He's in the desert. He's driving from Green Bay. He's driving. Did you see Odell is selling his house in Ohio? I saw a picture of the closet. Absolutely insane. It was like a, it was like a warehouse of shoes and clothes. Like it I like a Footlocker. Yeah, it yeah. really did. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, "Wow, I like who's the poor soul that has to box all that up and bring it out?" It's like, not him. Odell it's better. Not be Odell. I know, but he better be paying them a you know a, a pretty penny. I, I mean, it. yeah, probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate. But yeah, uh, that was crazy. Rappaport has confirmed the Jaguars will take Georgia edge Trevon Walker at number one overall. A consensus in the building and an easy call for them. All right, we'll wait for the commissioner to make the pick official. Is There's more Jacksonville Jaguars fans on screen than I've seen in my entire life uh, that are very excited that uh, Jacksonville Day has come yet again. As they Shad Khan's mustache is very excited. Shad Khan should be 
the owner of the St. Louis Rams right now, but that's a conversation for another day. I can't wait little, for. You sound I can't, a little angry when you say a little that. Bit. I can't wait for Trevon Walker to show up on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night <laughs> for the the wrestling company that Shad Khan's son Tony runs. <laughs> well, we've got Roger Goodell coming to the podium, and it's always a great time of year to hear the commissioner get booed. We don't have the sound on now, yeah. so if any of you kind gentlemen would like to apply the booze yourself, you're more than welcome to. Um, but the pick is in, and the pick is Trevon Walker. As Ben alluded to earlier, the six foot five, two hundred seventy-two pound defensive lineman out of Georgia, Liam Bellin, is the first player selected in the twenty twenty-two NFL Draft. Yeah, I mean Walker's a guy that really shot up boards this year after a, a very productive year. Uh, he's an extremely versatile guy that can impact games, several positions. He played all over the place, really, uh, at Georgia, uh, lining up at tackle, at end, you know, on the edge. Uh, in that 3-4 scheme at Georgia. And again, he makes the, an impact in uh, the run game and the pass rush he can get after the quarterback. Uh, he's powerful as a bull rusher. He's got a, a lot of power moves uh, with him as a pass rusher, but at the same time, uh, he's got a lot of, a f of finesse to his game as well. So uh, he's the type of guy that, that's really a, a number one pick in terms of uh, a freakish blend of athleticism and uh, build and kind of what he brings to a defense and again it's easy to see looking back at his season and you know the, the types of numbers that he put up why he shot up boards uh, really I, I feel like it was only the last month or two that he was really getting any buzz as the number one pick and now uh, that dream has come uh, true for him you kind of look at the production and you could say a, a few things pick a uh, nitpick you know, not quite the numbers you might expect from a number one pick at the same time. You saw some of the draft coverage earlier talking about just how good that Georgia defense was. There were a lot of guys that were putting up numbers. So I think with Walker being that number one pick and being the guy on a defense along with Josh Allen, I think those numbers will start to increase. Well, Daniel, very quickly, we began the college football season. It was Thibodeau, 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 Thibodeau. Through six weeks of the college football season, first overall pick going to be Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. Then he started to get leaped by Hutchinson, especially that Ohio State game. When the season ended, I think Aiden Hutchinson was everybody's favorite runaway pick for the NFL draft. But then the combine happened, and we had some time to marinate on it. Uh, during the offseason, Trevon Walker shoots up draft boards and ends up being the first player called. That's right, and, and I think it really is because – even if the production doesn't show up in the stat sheet, you can look at him on tape and say, this guy can do everything. You watch him on tape, and in a lot of times in a single game, you'll see him line up as a zero-technique nose guard, a three-technique on the outside of the guard shoulder, a five-technique on the outside of the tackle shoulder, and a stand-up edge rusher who can drop into coverage as well. He played up and down that Georgia defensive line. He was in a rotation uh, with a lot of guys. He was really more in that defensive tackle room with Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt, two guys we expect to hear their names called tonight as well. Uh, and once you see him on tape, you can see it pop off why you would expect him to be a, a top-ten pick like this. And you can also see uh, – in, the, in his combine testing, the elite athletic tools that he brings to the table. He's a guy that I think has his best football ahead of him, whereas I'm not sure somebody like Aiden Hutchinson necessarily has the ceiling to improve beyond where he is at this moment. We'll go to uh, Ben Mackey. Actually, let's go ahead and go in right now. Do you have something for us? Yeah, so, so Rappaport just tweeted that there was a big-time scare before the draft for Trevon Walker. He was in a serious car accident in Athens before the draft, crashing into two parked cars. 
He emerged without injuries, no citations, but a scare for sure. Wow. Uh, Tanner, I want to bring you in really quickly yep. and make it brief because the pick is being made for the Lions. But yeah. you can't really go wrong defense uh, for Jacksonville, and they and they get a stud with the first pick. Yeah, I, I think that that's 100% correct, and, and that's something that the team desperately needs. Now they've got another guy on that defensive side like Trevor Lawrence where the fans can just look as a bright spot for the future. Well, speaking of bright spots for the yep. future, Daniel Woods, the second pick has been made by the Detroit Lions, picking second overall for the second time in the last couple of seasons. They go with Aiden Hutchinson, another edge rusher out of Michigan. Yeah, Hutchinson is a good pick, I think, at this point. He would not have been the number one guy off the board for me. He's number five on my personal board. Uh, but for what you need at Detroit in a draft where there isn't necessarily clear-cut number one prospect, I think he is a good option. Uh, he's a, a guy that's very, very powerful coming off the edge. You have to give him credit for that. Uh, and he's a lot quicker, a lot twitchier than you necessarily expect somebody that's built like him to be. Uh, extremely high motor, stays in every single play, and, and his technique uh, coming off the edge is really what stands out, that he pairs with that power. Not the bendiest guy coming off of the edge, not necessarily the best athlete trying to turn the corner, but he's somebody that's going to give defensive tackles big problems. I don't necessarily see him as a Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa type of power rusher coming off the edge that's going to give you 15 to 20 sacks a year like those guys are. I think he's somebody that's going to sit in that upper single digits to lower double digits sack range and consistently be a producer on that Detroit defense. Well, the general manager of the Lions, Brad Holmes, gets his guy for a team that finished last in the division 313-1. and won. Their record last year, uh, 31st yep. in points against one of the worst defenses in the league. Liam, uh, some of your quick thoughts on Mr. Hutchinson as back-to-back -back edge rushers go off the board to begin the draft. Yeah, again, he's a, another guy that we heard a lot of buzz about going to Detroit with the, the perfect match uh, between them as a Michigan guy. Uh, Hutchinson's a, a talented rusher. Again, another guy that what you'd expect out of these top guys, he can beat you uh, with power. He can beat you with finesse. Uh, he's got a few go-to moves that are you know really going to be exceptional and, and hold up not only with Big Ten talent, but now with NFL talent. Uh, he allows you to, you know, he can play multiple downs as a guy that can uh, clog the run and uh, play the play the pass rush or, you know, uh, drop into coverage at times even if he has to. Uh, powerful as a bull rusher and, uh, again, just an extremely versatile guy uh, that's going to excel in one-on-one -on -one situations. So I think you kind of just get him on the edge and, and let him loose, and I think he's going to make a, a lot of plays for, for a Detroit defense that seriously needs it. Houston Texans are on the clock. We'll go to Tanner here in a moment to talk about their team needs and now what the big board looks like. But, Ben, Liam hit the nail right on the head of what I wanted to talk about really quickly with Aiden Hutchinson, and that is a lot of people put a lot of stock into the Michigan kids staying in Detroit after playing uh, in Ann Arbor for a long period of time. I really doubt that that went into making the decision to take him second. I think that that conversation is a little bit overblown. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Uh I think it's certainly a nice story when you have a chance to do that and it works out like that. It's awesome. But, no, I don't think that that had anything to do with it. Uh, for most people, for a lot of people, at least about a month ago heading into the draft, it was, was it going to be Aiden Hutchin or Kayvon Thibodeau uh, that was going to go one? And, you know, we saw Walker obviously go one tonight, uh, but – Apparently the Lions liked Hutchinson more than they liked Thibodeau, and that's the pick they made. I don't think him being the hometown kid, hometown kid 
really went into it at all. The Lions will see pick again. They have the final pick of the first round, but the Houston Texans coming to the podium right now. Tanner, take us through your big board. What makes sense for the Texans here uh, and who they could possibly take? Well, I think it's got to be one of the two offensive linemen. So it's who they you know valued as what would do better for their team. I think what a lot of people don't realize about the Houston Texans is they might have their quarterback, and people just didn't notice it last year. Davis Mills had some of the best numbers among all of rookies, and he had some of the, he had one of the best QBRs overall in football yeah. too for much of the season. Once he came in for the Houston Texans, and, and so you know I, I think that they can have another year here with Lovey Smith, this head coach who kind of feels like another bridge coach. Uh, a lot of people were surprised with that hire after it took so long for Houston to do some interviews. Um, and, and so I think you go with a safe pick here, like one of the two offensive linemen. I don't think it could be anybody other than the two of those. And so they've got to value who did they think was better out of the two at the top. Uh, and so I think it's going to be a Quanu here. That's what I would do uh, to help bolster that offensive line. Uh, but if not, you know, then that you could see them potentially take a dip out and go get Sauce Gardner because their secondary is not very good. It hasn't been good since Tyron Matthew was on the team. Um, so, I, you know, Houston is a bit of a gamble. I think this is the part of the draft that we're into now to where we felt like we knew what the first two teams were going to do for sure. Right. And now we're at Houston and it's kind of a little bit more up in the air, a little bit more ambiguous. Um, and, and then it really, really starts going that way uh, once we once we get into four or five and, and after that. Looks like Daniel Woods will be patting himself out on the back after this announcement of this pick. Uh, Nick Casario, the general manager for the Houston Texans, is two teams from the AFC South picking within the first three picks of the first round. Uh, and you really can't go wrong with the selection of any position here for Houston. Again, just a poor season for the Texans. 4-13, and their record. Uh, 28th offensively in the past 32nd in terms of running the football. 27th in points allowed and 30th in points scored. And they possess 11 picks in this NFL draft and we'll pick again at 13. Liam we'll go to you as the pick has been made Derek Stingley Jr. the cornerback out of LSU we thought had been lapped as the top cornerback in this board because of injuries and not playing a ton but nonetheless he's the first DB called in the 2022 NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the buzz recently, like what Daniel had mentioned before, was saying that the Texans really liked what they saw from Derek Stingley and were interested in him at three. I mean, personally, me and I think a lot of other people would have taken Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, as the uh, number one uh, cornerback in this draft. But with that being said, you're not getting a bad pick with the selection of Derek Stingley. Everyone talks about his freshman year where he was outstanding, one of the best corners in the country, and it seems like the production kind of fell off a bit, and he struggled to stay on the field the last couple of years, but make no mistake about it, he could be the type of guy that they're, they're given the nickname Stingley Island with his man coverage, uh, really exceptional, uh, and again, good ball skills, the type of guy that can get you a turnover and get you a pick when you need one. Overall, I, I think he's a guy that obviously you plug in as a, a number one corner, and he's going to be one of the best in the entire NFL and I, I think he has a chance to excel in Houston. But, again, I think that a lot of people may have uh, had that debate with Stingley or, or Sauce Gardner, and I don't think you could go wrong. But I wonder, looking back, if you know this will be the right pick. But, again, if Stingley stays healthy, stays on the field, I think it's a great pick. Daniel, U92's mock draft was two for two up until that point. We did have Stingley going eighth overall to the Falcons in that one. And here's what I wrote, and you can find the mock draft on the website. Uh, and this was talking about the Falcons taking Stingley, but I think you would say that the same holds true here. I wrote big swing here by the insert t name here, betting on Stingley 
being closer to freshman Derek Stingley rather than played 10 games over the last two years, Derek Stingley. That's exactly what Liam just said, and I think that's something you'd agree with as well. Absolutely. If you get the Derek Stingley that you could argue was the best player as a true freshman on the 2019 LSU National Championship team, uh, then you're getting a, a legitimate number one cornerback in the NFL who can lock people down and like Liam said potential Stingley Island type of guy uh, but I think if you get the one that played 10 games over the last two years like you said multiple injuries multiple serious injuries uh, then I think you're running into a little bit of trouble uh, the thing that I will say uh, that you potentially could have to deal with here with Stingley and you may have to just throw out some of what you've seen over the last couple of years is the so-called LSU flu that has kind of become a thing the last couple of years where guys in that LSU program with all of the off-the-field issues that have gone on with that LSU program with the transition from Les Miles to Ed Ogeron and then the big year in 2019 and then again the tail off from Ed Ogeron after that. The issues with the program, we saw it with Leonard Fournette. We've seen it with other guys where they start off really hot and then kind of pack it in because they know that they can make it at the next level and that there's such an off-the-field distraction with LSU that they can kind of turn it around once they get to the pros. Uh, you may have seen that a little bit with Derek Stingley. The effort certainly didn't look like it was at the same level it was in 2019 that it was the last two years. Uh, but if you can get 2019 Derek Stingley, you've got a true number one corner. Three picks into the NFL draft. Trevon Walker first off the board from Georgia going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another edge rusher to follow in Aiden Hutchinson going to the Detroit Lions. He played his college ball in Michigan. And then Derek Stingley Jr., the defensive back, the cornerback from LSU going third to the Houston Texans. And now we've got the Jets on the clock. And I want to go to Ben Mackey if we have enough time. Well, we'll go after this pick to talk about some of the buzz that's going around social media world through the first three picks as we've been chalked through two. Stingley maybe the first reach. Uh, but let's talk about the Jets and their team needs. Tanner Joe Douglas, their general yep. manager, uh, and a Jets team that not only possesses fourth overall, they'll come up again here in six picks as they pick ten as well. Yeah, and, and so you wonder if maybe they move one of those picks. Who knows? But uh, I, I think here, you know, the Jets, they've got a chance to take Sauce Gardner, right? One of their biggest needs is at corner. And then if not, it's at edge, and they could take Kayvon Thibodeau. They've got two of the more higher ceiling players, I think, that are still available on the board that many people might might have guessed not to be on the board. And, and so, you know, defense is Robert Sala's kind of forte. We know that his, his defenses in San Francisco are what got him the job as the head coach in the New York Jets. I think he did all right in year one. That defense still struggled mightily. They had some bad contracts on that defense, and they need some more pieces, especially in that second half, starting with the linebackers. They don't have much there. Uh, and then the secondary ha has been not great in New York in what seems like a long time. Sauce Gardner's on the board. He's a great pick there. Edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau. And then at linebacker, you know, that could go any number of ways. Or we could see the first receiver taken off the board to get Zach Wilson some help on offense. That wouldn't be too far-fetched. I don't think that'd be a reach for this team. But they do have that pick at 10 where they could end up taking a receiver instead. Daniel, really quick, this is an interesting wide receivers class. You have your top 100 list. Who are your top three wide receivers? Top three starts with Jamison Williams, who – Everybody that is anybody says would be the number one wide receiver on their board if he didn't tear his ACL. That doesn't matter to me. Uh, to quote, I believe it was Will Brinson from CBS, yeah, yeah. torn ACLs are like sprained ankles these days, uh, which isn't <laughs> – as someone that has torn multiple – Not quite. Not as someone quite. that's torn two ACLs, I can't necessarily say is totally factual, but the rehab process for the ACL is very much different than it has been in recent in the last 30 years, I would say. 
Uh, he's number one for me. Uh, he's somebody that's going to take the top off of a defense, make a ton of plays downfield. Drake London is number two for me out of USC. Uh, just an absurd catch radius. Not necessarily the physical downfield presence of a Mike Evans, but he brings a, a similar archetype uh, as an outside receiver to whoever uh, latches on to Drake London in this draft. And then number three for me is the guy that a lot of people have number one, Garrett Wilson, uh, out of Ohio State. I have some concerns with him uh, about uh, – I don't have concerns about the physical tools. I don't have concerns about the route running. There are just some things in terms of physicality uh, and, and in terms of his ability, uh, in terms of stop-start speed, shifting gears, that kind of thing. He seems to play at one speed a little bit more often than I would like to see him play, and I would like to see him be a little bit more physical, uh, which drops him to number three for me when a lot of people have him number one. Well, the Jets pick is in, and we'll get this pick, and then we'll go ahead and step aside for our commercial first commercial break. Uh, as it was an offensive heavy draft of the last couple of years for Joe Douglas with Zach Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker going off the board last year. Vera Tucker, that guard, of course, and then Makai Becton back in 2020 uh, was their first round pick. The selection is in, and the pick is Sauce Gardner. Back-to-back cornerbacks going this early in the NFL draft. That's not something we've seen a lot of. Hopefully we can maybe uh, find a trend or how recent that's happened before. But nonetheless, Daniel Woods, really quickly before we step aside for our uh, first commercial break, Derek Stingley goes three, Sauce Gardner right behind, fourth to the Jets. I'm a big Sauce Gardner guy. He was number three player on my board behind those two offensive tackles, as we said earlier. Elite length, uh, outstanding in press coverage. I mean, he will jam guys up to the point that they can hardly even get to their route. He can run with bigger receivers. He's unafraid to come downhill against the run, uh, and he doesn't allow himself to be leveraged in, in really any way. Uh, there was an anonymous AAC head coach that I heard a quote from that I'm not going to be able to repeat on the air because the FCC will come after us. Uh, but basically, it, it broke down to the fact uh, that there was an AAC team this year that their offense literally schemed around Sauce Gardner by just putting wide receivers on his side of the field that they did not expect to catch the football. They just took guys that were out there to run routes as decoys and they and had no business catching the football in their offense and put them on Sauce Gardner's side of the field. If that doesn't say enough about what he can do, shutting off one side of the football field as a lockdown press corner, I don't know what can. Four picks into the NFL draft as the New York Giants are on the board. We'll have their pick when we return. You're listening to coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft on 91.7 FM U92. Do you feel you've been discriminated against when seeking to rent or purchase a home? Have you wondered what a reasonable accommodation is? Help is available. The Fairmont Morgantown Housing Authority offers fair housing outreach and education for the general public, real estate professionals, property owners, city officials, and more. More information is available at 304-363-0860, extension 121. Fair housing for all, it's not just a right, it's the law. Disclaimer, fair housing outreach and education is brought to the community via generous funding from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. If you want the new and essential college radio, then look no further than the new music pioneer on 91.7. Every Monday through Thursday from 3 to 6 p.m., Tune in to hear the newest music from up-and-coming artists, along with some of our favorite throwback tracks. That's every Monday through Thursday, 3 to 6 p.m., the new music pioneer on U92 FM. 
WWVU FM Morgantown. Pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum every Thursday morning from a newsstand on campus. The Daily Athenaeum is WVU's independent, student-run newspaper, reporting on what matters to you. Reporting by students, for students. Pick up a copy today and read more at thedaonline.com. I'm Luke Wiggs, Daniel Woods alongside Tanner Lambert, Liam Bellin, and Ben Mackey. Ben Mackey, our social media guru, we're four picks into the NFL draft, and it's been relatively chalk so far, save Derek Stingley going off the board third to the Houston Texans. What can you tell me that they're saying in the Twitter sphere? Yeah, some people think that it was a bit of a reach uh, for Stingley at three. A lot of people wanted Sauce Gardner over him, uh, but Either way, it, you're right. It's been, it's pretty calm so far uh, on the Twitter front. And, you know, I just want to say that every mock draft through four picks has had an incorrect pick. Uh, there were two that had uh, every pick through three picks right, but nobody had Sauce going four that had Stingley at three. Uh, so there you go, all the mock drafts officially incorrect uh, and and, yeah, uh, everybody just waiting now on the Giants pick that's in at five. The Giants will be making their selection here in just a couple of moments. Tanner, we'll go to you next. Yep. Uh, as this is another team that's uh, grown accustomed to picking this early in the draft, Joe Show and their general manager and the Giants that went 4-13 and last year. Yeah, and, you know, they've got new guys all around the organization, so maybe this could be a turning point for them. But it feels like they've needed an offensive line for years and years, and they still have not hit on a single guy, whether it be from free agency or from the draft. But you've got still the top two offensive linemen consensusly coming into this draft, still available. Uh, and, and, you know, the last time I feel like they took an offensive lineman this high was Eric Flowers. We all know how that worked out. Not great. But uh, with, with Aquanu and Neal right here, you've got a chance to really bolster that up. Now, I saw today that they did not. Uh, pick up the option on Daniel Jones. So that might be something to look at, too. Uh, you know, if they're ready to move on from him, you could see a QB taken right here, which would really shock a lot of people, I think. But I don't think that's as far-fetched as we think after seeing what's happened today, especially with the Daniel Jones situation. Now, the question in my mind with the Giants here is we know how much they love Charles Cross. Mm -hmm. We know that they think Charles Cross can play right tackle opposite uh, of Andrew Thomas. With the way things have shaken out now and Carolina picking after you at six – do you go with a non-tackle here because you know you can get Charles Cross at seven? That's that's the question in my mind here. Uh, it seems that the ball the board uh, has fallen exactly how the Giants would want it to at this point. The Giants picking a five, as you mentioned, uh, and we're going to talk about how interesting of an offseason this could be for the Giants in terms of trading personnel as Kadarius Toney could be on the move, James Bradbury could be on the move as well. But Saquon. Saquon could also be uh, on the move if they wouldn't have taken him second overall, and that's coming from a big proponent of taking running backs in the first. Whoever this is on stage to make next a wish to Goodell kid, Luke. just needs to, to make relax. a wish kid, Luke. Well, he needs to relax. I mean, we've got the pick in here. You know, you know, flap your hands a couple times, announce the pick, and then we talk about it. 
Dude, no sympathy there. from Luke. Just absolutely <laughs> none. I want to know who the pick is. And uh, that was a really bad dap up with the Goodell right there. Yeah, and Goodell not, just had to adjust the mic. He just, doesn't have the Adam Silver is like undefeated when it comes to those on draft night. Yeah, he never screws him up. Same Goodell, with Batman. on the other hand. Yeah, exactly. Batman. This man bad. is devastated. Kayvon Thibodeau going fifth. Best player available, you'd have to say, as uh, we get another edge rusher, the third edge rusher. Some people said that maybe this position would go one, two, three in the NFL draft, Liam, but Thibodeau is the pick at five to the Giants. Yeah, again, he's a guy that excelled uh, in college, obviously, with Oregon, a few years of solid production, a lot more than some of the other guys like Trayvon Walker that we saw go already. Uh, he was really a focal point and a, and a star of this Oregon defense the last couple of years. There were some injury problems and other things that, that kind of kept him off the field and everything, and some people questioned his dedication at times. So there may be some character things that people that kind of turned other teams off and kind of saw him not slide, obviously, as he was just picked fifth, but uh, take a few steps down. With that being said, he has great footwork, uh, that's what you know was kind of the consensus, and you see it early on tape. Uh, allows him to get a solid first step and kind of gives tackles all they can handle when trying to, to pick him up. Uh, he's another guy that has a solid arsenal of, of moves when you're trying to rush the passer, be it a swipe or a rip. They allow him to kind of excel one-on-one. -on -one. He's physical against all types of linemen, and uh, he saw some good ones throughout the Pac-12. Uh, he needs to get bigger and kind of make a more consistent impact because there were times where he'd, you know, he'd be on some games and then other games it seemed like he wasn't quite interested or he just didn't have quite the impact. So I think there are some things that have to be tweaked uh, with Thibodeau, and that's probably why he dropped, again, to five, only a few spots. But uh, you saw now already two guys uh, go ahead of him in a similar position. So I think that's what kind of slid him to the third choice there. With that being said, I think the Giants get a cornerstone that they can build with on their defense, and you can't be mad about that pick except that fan who clearly was extremely <laughs> upset with that pick. I could read his lips. He was saying, come on, Evan, come on, Evan. He wanted Evan Neal pretty bad, and he was devastated. Could still get him, though, and I, I think that is why they decided to go with Thibodeau because he dropped to them at five, and now one of the three will be there at seven, so they'll still get a really solid tackle here with their second pick in the top seven. And again, that's five straight defensive players to open up the draft. I didn't make a top 100 list of NFL prospects, but Daniel Woods did. If I did, full disclosure, I would have gone sauce one, Thibodeau two. Daniel, how did you have it shaking out? He landed number six for me. Those those three edge rushers off the top were five, six, seven in the order of Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Walker. Uh, I think Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy that has all the tools to be an absolute superstar. I think his ceiling is much higher than Aiden Hutchinson's. Uh, I think in terms of floor, when it comes to his play strength, when it comes to his motor, there are bigger questions with him than the questions that I had about Aiden Hutchinson, which is why I had him just one spot behind. I, again, I, I look at my board – and three of my top four players are still available, and we're about to be outside the top five. So the thing that is pounding in my head is these teams have drafted for need. A lot of times what you hear people say is take the best player available no matter what it is unless you have like an elite all-pro level player already in that position. We have seen a lot of drafting for need so far when there are teams – 
that could have used a tackle at this point and could have used an elite player in their secondary like Kyle Hamilton. By the way, Thibodeau had a planned handshake with Roger Goodell. Interesting. By the, Dude loves football. He also has the his own popcorn playa. It was the popcorn playa. Oh, it was? Okay. I'm yeah. Sorry. Don't you know that? that? Must no, be an Orlando thing, I guess, the popcorn playa. I, I didn't know that. One thing I did notice, though, looked a little small. Six foot seven, two sixty. Is that what he's listed? I at? also have seen a tweet that says, Who's "quote called? We miss Dave Gettleman." Who's that? Thibodeau? <laughs> Thibodeau's measurement. What, what's his official at measurement? the combine? He was six four, two fifty four. Six four, two fifty four. I'm sorry, I was looking at. The so yeah, he's thing. not as tall. I was looking at Hutchinson. That's why. Yeah, he just looked a little lean. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, he he, he, he was banged up quite a bit though too. If you don't remember that, you know, he didn't play really all that much. I don't even think he did play against Ohio State, which I think kind of tanked his he draft didn't. stock. Yeah, that hurt his draft stock because that's what really bolstered Hutchinson yeah, up, Hutchinson right? And, and, and so you know. I, I think that not, Thibodeau not could Nicholas Petty Frere to day two too. Well, that, that's a that's a very good point. And <laughs> he, it's, was, he was he was a late first round pick until was, Aiden Hutchinson. It's Petit Ferrer. Let's say it right. Petit Ferrer. Thank you, you thank you. Uh, the Panthers here at six, Luke. Yeah, and, and so you know this is where a lot of people kind of thought maybe Pickett's gonna go. May this is the first quarterback team potentially. The only thing that you've been hearing though is the smokescreen potentially out of Carolina there. Where, hey, we're trading for Baker. What do we need to take a quarterback for? And I don't really know how legit that can be. But this team is also a very offensive line needy team. We haven't seen any of the alignment go. They needed a cornerback in the secondary because their secondary has not been great. Stephon Gilmore was a starter on that team last year on a one-year deal. And they made the trade. I forget his name. I'm blanking on his name. But for the Jags corner that was a first-round pick a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember his name. Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, and so this team's secondary needs bolstered. Their QB needs bolstered. This is a team with a lot of needs, and Matt Rule needs to win now, which makes me tend to think it's quarterback. Boy, I'll tell you what I'd do. you got all three of your top offensive linemen on the board, and uh, Scott Fitterer – is it Scott Fitterer? Yes, it is. Scott Fitterer is a notorious trade-down general manager. I'm calling all the other single-digit picks and seeing if you can pick up at least a third-round pick and fall one or two picks down the board. But Liam Bellin, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to say – uh, again, we're, we're talking a lot about quarterback potentially with this pick. This could be the, the first quarterback to go. Like Tanner just said, if you're Matt Roll and you kind of have to win at some point to keep your job, I, I'm not really sure about the, the the murmurs of a Malik Willis pick simply because he seems to be, from most accounts, a project that's going to take a year or two to kind of redshirt in the NFL, if you will, and sit behind someone and learn because there's a lot of traits that you like, but there's a lot of things that he has to adapt to, clearly as an NFL quarterback. And I know I'm, I'm going to get some heat from Daniel over there for this, but I feel like Kenny Pickett is more of an NFL-ready guy. I think if you're Matt Rule, and right now your eggs are in the basket of Sam Darnold, and you're concerned about your job, I mean, there could be consideration, I think, for, for Kenny Pickett at this point because you're looking for a guy that could be a slight upgrade on what you already have and potentially, again, we, we talked about it seems like he has a lower ceiling than a lot of other guys in this draft, quarterback-wise, but he has probably the, the highest floor and probably by a lot. So that was just something that I wanted to throw out there, but they could disregard that because, I mean, they're looking for tackle as well pretty desperately. By the way, I should have led with this. 
I completely forgot to mention that Thibodeau ran a four five eight. Yeah, he yeah. he has one of the higher ceilings of all the defensive players. I, I would argue that he has the highest ceiling of any edge rusher in this draft. And, 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 and I think the, what did really tank his stock was he didn't play against High State and he played hurt all year rather than just taking the Nick. I think it was Nick Bosa just sitting out after you take that you know early injury. Uh, but I think that shows you just how much that guy does love football. Well, the pick is in for the Carolina Panthers, and we'll give it to you here in just a moment. As our experts have said, it's trending towards offensive line. Uh, Scott Fitterer, their general manager, and it's been defensive heavy in the first round over the last three years for the Carolina Panthers. J.C. Horn, a cornerback, was their first-round selection last year. In 2020, it was Derek Brown out of Auburn. Just took me a second. In 2019, they went edge rusher when they took Ryan Burns. Uh, and there's a lot of intrigue over what this pick is going to be. Could our first quarterback be taken off the board here sixth overall uh, by the Carolina Panthers but instead Daniel they will go to the offensive line as Ekigima Kwanwu who I believe you said was your uh, top player uh, on your top 100 goes off the board here and will be protecting presumably for the time being Sam Darnold at quarterback. Ekigima Kwanwu number one player on the board for me uh, the the word the I'm sorry, the, the, the term that just jumps off the page with Ikea Kwonu is mean streak. He is absolutely nasty when it comes to getting after guys. Uh, I could not find another player in this draft that plays with the same level of intensity and motor that Ikea Kwonu does. Uh, the left tackle coming out of North Carolina State, he pushes guys down the field. There's plays where he'll get hits on four or five guys as he battles his way up the field. His legs never stop moving. He's always looking for somebody to hit. Uh, he's got the athleticism to move out into space uh, when you set up screens. He's got great footwork, great balance. The one thing, and he's admitted this, he said this at the draft combine, he will overset. He will allow guys to take that corner against him just because he sets up a little deeper. That's a minor, not a minor technique thing, but it's a technique thing that you can fix relatively easy in an early mini camp. He's the best athlete in the draft. Here's one for you. Iki Aquonu, for me, the number one prospect in the draft, number six overall pick, was a high school state wrestling champion and ran the anchor leg on his school's 4 by 100 <laughs> relay. He, he's an outstanding athlete. He plays with the best mean streak in the draft, and he absolutely bullies people. And, and the thing is, you look at that offensive line uh, for the Panthers – You've got Cameron Irving at left tackle, Taylor Moten at right tackle. If you want to keep Cam Irving around, you can kick Aquonu into guard, and I think he can have a Quentin Nelson-type rookie year at guard, and then you can move him out to tackle if you're ready to move on from Cam Irving. Yeah, uh, versatility certainly, Liam, is the name of the game when you're talking about Aquonu in that offensive line. It sure is, and again, he's another guy that graded very, very well. He's I mean, that's the top of my notes. Like Daniel kept saying, violent, powerful blocker that clearly finishes plays. They just showed on, on the uh, broadcast. By the way, I love the, the young pictures. Uh, you know, uh, the Pancake King with the, with the pancakes there. Uh, good balance from him. Long arms. Another guy with long reach. Obviously going to help. He, you know, Ben has talked about before, uh, typically talking about a linebacker. You want to be the, the hammer on the nail rather than the nail on the hammer. And I think that Aquonu is the type of guy that initiates contact with defenders. Uh, but one thing that kind of stood out for me, it seemed like the mean streak that Daniel was talking about hurt him sometimes, had several penalties after the whistle throughout his career. And at times his aggression and maybe even emotion took over a bit, it seemed like. 
Uh, so just, I think, toning that in a bit. I mean, obviously you want to see that mean streak and you want those violent guys in the trenches, but it seemed a bit overbearing at times for him. Just kind of trying to, to tone that in uh, somewhat, I think, but also kind of letting it out at the same time, if, if you get what I mean. Uh, that's going to be important. At the same time, I think that Ekwonu uh, is going to be an exceptional tackle in this league. And like you said, if you want to move him over to guard, like you just said, Luke, with the versatility, he is more versatile than Evan Neal, who was the other top tackle. So, again, you get a little bit of at this point in the draft, what is the best fit for a certain team? And if you want a Kwonu as a guy that's going to play violent as uh, one of your offensive linemen and can be kicked around a few spots uh, on that line, then I think you've got a fantastic pick. Two things to, uh, to note with the athleticism for a Kwonu as well. 95th percentile in sprint speed for offensive linemen, ran a 4.940, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. Has a wingspan of 84 and a quarter inches as well. Uh, that's 91st percentile. Uh, t- t- excuse me, Tanner, are we going to see offensive linemen go back-to-back here? I, I think you do, uh, unless the Giants do go pick a quarterback. I, I, I think that, I mean, yeah, they obviously picked. They didn't trade the pick. The ESPN showing that the pick is in. And, uh, you know, the Giants, they do need offensive tackle help. I mentioned that the first time they went to pick. And they – Never mind. I, I fooled you all. Oh, yeah. oh I, Daniel made us freeze because yeah. they put a trade up on the board. Yeah. But it's the the, it's the, the trade pick from that, last year. Yeah, it's the pick that the Bears moved it's, to it's trade up to get Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to the I Giants. Was, I was throwing <laughs> okay, up the guy, thinking I missed something. The guy that was losing his mind earlier about Evan Neal just held up an Evan Neal Giants name patch for the back of a jersey. Guess this, who's this about guy to be loves picked. Evan Neal. Is yeah. it, I, I think it's Evan Neal. It's For a, that guy's sake, I hope it's Evan Neal. <laughs> he already broke down in tears once. Can, can we cut to this guy? Cause by the way, we, a little look into the future. It will be Evan Neal. We'll yeah. get Liam's thoughts here in a second. Are they going to cut to this guy? Because I really want to see. He was devastated. Where is he? There okay. he is. There he yeah. is. Yeah, he's crying, man. He's so hyped. That's huge. Way to go. That is massive. Nice set of hair that's on a, him. That's a great start for that's the either, That's a great start for the Giants. That too. guy is either Hall or Oates. It's Daryl Hall. That's who it is, not Oates. Uh, it's Hall or Oates. I couldn't remember <laughs> which one he looked like. Um, uh, but, Liam, back-to-back offensive lineman, Neil goes seventh. Yeah, I'm I'm a guy that, that really liked – I mean, everyone really liked Evan Neal. I, I, honestly, I think by the end I preferred him over a Kwonu. Uh, Neil's a freakish combo of you know size, agility, flexibility – uh, again, another guy with long arms, physical hands, likes to, uh, again, initiate contact. Only one penalty last year, whereas I was talking about Aquonu being a bit more penalized. Uh, some concerns with the entirety of uh, his body while he's blocking. It seemed like upper body wasn't always connected with uh, the, the lower body and the footwork and everything. So probably some, some issues uh, down there regarding balance and other things that just have to be tinkered with. But there's no reason to think that Evan Neal, along with Andrew Thomas, won't be, you know, one of the top pairs of tackles throughout the league. And I think if you're a Giants fan like that guy up there was, <laughs> you've got to be really happy with the the first two picks that you've just taken. Again, it's uh, you don't want to find yourself with these picks this early, but you've got to take advantage of them. That's the only way you can turn around this franchise. And I think Neal is going to be a cornerstone. Daniel, really quick, 30 seconds before we go to break. Uh, 
Back-to-back years, an Alabama offensive lineman has taken in the first round. Obviously, it was a little bit of a reach by my Raiders to take Alex Leatherwood in the first round last year. How much better, if at all better, is Evan Neal as a pro talent in the offensive line as opposed to Leatherwood, who went last year? I think he's got a much higher ceiling at six foot seven, three 337 pounds. Uh, he's an absolute mauler up front, and I think he is very well suited to land on the right side of that line uh, as compared to, to Andrew Thomas on the left. Uh, Neil, like Liam said, I worry a little bit about balance. I worry a little bit about mobility. But other than that, he is an absolute monster who can absolutely just run people over. And I do think with Andrew Thomas locked in at left tackle, this is a great spot for him to be able to play on the right side where he can be a little bit more power driven. We're going to step aside for just a moment. When we return, the Atlanta Falcons will be making their selection at eighth overall. So you're listening to coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft on U92. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Michael from the Lighthouse and the Whaler, and you're listening to WWVU Morgantown. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. We'll be making their selection here in just a couple of moments. Tanner, 30 seconds. What yep. can the Falcons do here? Well, I mean, the Falcons need help pretty much everywhere. Their one bright spot, I, I think, you know, they have A.J. Terrell and they have Kyle Pitts. Besides <laughs> that, they could take the best player available, in my opinion. You've got a bridge quarterback in Marcus Mariota sign. I can't even name their running back off the top of my head. It's slipping my mind right now. That Like all of us, we're all just sitting here thinking, hmm, who is it? So this team has needs just about every single spot besides tight end 
and one spot in the back secondary. So, you know, I think that this is where we could see a wide receiver taken. They're running back heavy. I know that you said you don't like running backs in the first round. No, I love running backs in the first oh, round. Oh, my apologies. But anyways, we're going to step aside for just a moment as the pick is Drake London, wide receiver, the big man out of USC. Yeah, Drake London, a guy that I thought with the injury to Jamison Williams had a very good chance to be the first receiver off the board if it was a, a situation where I was a GM and I was concerned about the medicals for Jamison Williams he would have been my first uh, wide receiver off the board he's not necessarily the same threat to take the top off of a defense but he's very similar to Mike Williams or Mike Evans not Mike Williams uh, also similar to Mike Williams as a jump ball threat uh, but six foot three 219 pounds extremely physical down the field uh, actually was as they're showing the highlights now from his high school days uh, was part of the basketball team for a while at USC. He's a freak athlete at 6'3", uh, gets up in the air very well. Impressive route runner, impressive footwork that makes up for a little bit of a lack of wiggle compared to some of these other receivers that we're expecting to go at the top of the draft. He's a guy that can go up, make plays on 50-50 throws, has an outstanding catch radius. Really, for a guy that's 6'3", I know this is going to sound crazy, he's got an insane rate catch radius even for a guy who's 6'3". Mm -hmm. He will go and get the football. And that's going to make things very easy on Marcus Mariota. There's going to be a lot of downfield throws, I think, with him and Kyle Pitts, at least this coming year, and probably going much further into the future for this Falcons team. By the way, it's Cordell Patterson that's the running back for the Atlanta Falcons. And Mike Davis Mike as Davis well. And Damian Williams and you get my Quadri. Point, right? Oh, Quadri Olsen. Okay, it took you, me a second to realize who that was. Um, uh, but I want to uh, – sorry to cut no, you no, off. I, I want to bring Ben in the conversation. We haven't been able to get to him much. And talk about what this means – from the Atlanta Falcons' point of view, Tanner hit the nail on the head. It's exactly what I was going to say with this team picking is you wonder where they could go. The team sucks, and they've just traded their quarterback. They're 7-10. and 10. Terry Fontenot goes for a skill position player uh, for the first back-to-back -back years. It took me a second to realize when Kyle Picks went. Uh, Mike, Marcus Mariota will be throwing the ball to these two people, but I can't imagine for long. Yeah, and there's not a lot of Falcons fans that I'm seeing that are too happy with this pick. I wouldn't be. because And, and some of them are saying that they, wait, they got a wide receiver before they got a quarterback. I don't think that is the issue here, really, because there are no top-tier quarterbacks in this draft, as we've, as, as we've been talking about all night long. But, you know, with the suspension to Calvin Ridley looming, Maybe this gives their offense at least a little bit um, to scare opposing defenses next season. Um, he, he, as Daniel said, he is a freak athlete. He, I think he's going to be a really good receiver in the NFL. But was this their top need at wide receiver? I'm not so sure about that either. Aiden Hutchinson going first off the board to recap the draft very quickly to be followed by Derek Stingley. Excuse me, Aiden Hutchinson first. It was Trayvon Walker going first to the Jacksonville Jaguars to be followed by Aiden Hutchinson second overall to the Lions. Derek Stingley going third to the defensive back of LSU to Houston. Ahmad Gardner back-to-back -back cornerback Cincinnati's uh, corner threat going to the Jets at four. Kayvon Thibodeau at five to the Giants. Eki McQuanwood going sixth out of NC State to Carolina. Back-to-back -back offensive tackles as Evan Neal went next from Alabama. And then Drake London, the wide receiver, Liam, going to the Falcons at eight. Yeah, London's a you know quality receiver that was one of the top guys coming into the draft. Uh, I, I mean, Daniel really... Uh, hit the nail on the head talking about the, you know, he has the frame and that allows him to, you know, make, uh, you know, jump balls pretty one-sided in his favor. Uh, you saw the basketball background. I think it really shows with his footwork and his aerial presence as well. Uh, he's a great route runner for his size. One thing for me 
you know, not a great yards after catch guy, not the type of guy that's really going to be able to break a lot of tackles and, you know, make some something out of nothing. Uh, he'll be able to make the spectacular catch, but I don't feel like he's – I feel like there are other guys that are suited better to kind of make a play after. So what I wanted to throw out there was you have a huge threat that you just got in Kyle Pitts last year, right? And you don't know about the situation with Calvin Ridley. You've got Cordero Patterson, who is a weapon, a very unique weapon, if you will. I think it would have helped him more – if you get a maybe a Jamison Williams type or a burner, maybe you know a, a guy that is gonna really uh, be able to give you something in terms of you get the ball in his hands and he's gonna make something happen that takes away from because a lot of times you'd watch the Falcons last year and it'd be Cordero Patterson, watch him, and there there'd be a lot of emphasis on him because he was a weapon that the Falcons were trying to get the ball any by any means necessary. If you're going to take a receiver, and I get that London's obviously one of the best in the draft, and I have no doubt that he's going to excel in Atlanta, although depending on how Mariota plays, but that's a different story. You know, I feel like a guy that's lightning quick like Jamison Williams maybe could have helped them more free up some of those other weapons in their offense rather than getting a pretty similar guy to Kyle Pitts. But, again, I don't think it's a bad pick, and I think London's going to be exceptional. Uh, when it comes to drafting receiver there, now I know there's a few different places they could have gone, but that was just my two cents. Oh, I thought we went black there for a second. I no, they're doing that coming back from most of the breaks. Yeah, they're doing a nice little Adobe uh, Premiere dip to black. Um, <laughs> but they're holding it too long. Uh, you know, we got the Seahawks coming up next, Luke. This team is similar to some of the other teams we've seen at the top, which is, you know, no surprise, but they shouldn't have really had a pick here anyway. And they get one back with the trade with Russell Wilson because, you know, they gave away all that for Jamal Adams uh, not too long ago. So the Seahawks get lucky they get a pick back, so they're desperately needing a QB. Uh, I, I doubt that Drew Locke is the starter. Drew Locke is the starter for this team, um, long-term or anything like that, but who knows? Uh, so here we could see a quarterback get taken, Luke. I don't know if you know you guys think that, uh, but this team also needs help on the offensive line for sure, at guard and tackle. Uh, and then their defense has gotten really old over the past couple of years. You know, the Legion of Boom has come and gone. The last piece of that defense has exited now. And, and so you wonder, Pete Carroll doesn't feel like he's really going to be there for a rebuild. So if he's in a win-now mode, this makes you tend to think maybe it is going to be quarterback. And I know I said that about the Panthers, so I'm surprised that they didn't take a quarterback because I feel like almost every single mock draft had a quarterback going down there to Carolina. And, and, and similarly to that situation in Seattle. You keep throwing me off, man. <laughs> Come on. That's, again, on ESPN. I, but, but, yeah, oh, sorry. On ESPN, yeah, tell them what they, they can't see. They, they, they Lord. The, the trade that acquired the ninth overall pick for the season. Yeah. So, you know, they don't have a quarterback up there. I do like Drew Locke, but I don't think he's a long-term answer for this team in Seattle. With Gino is. Almost yeah, no is. help anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, he is. He's they undefeated did, they on coin They did pay him some nice money. Yeah, they did. So it's the Seahawks on the board right yeah. now. Yeah, that finish last. money. <laughs> what do we do it? But I, you know the other thing, real quick. Sorry. Go ahead. No matter who they take here, they're still got to compete against three much better teams than them, right? So you wonder if, but if Pete Carroll's still the head coach, it's hard to imagine that this is going to be a long-term rebuild. John Schneider's the general manager for the Seahawks. Has done some crazy things in the past. If I'm correct, this is the first team we've come to picking ninth uh, that didn't make a pick in the first You're right, round. This last is the year. first team we've come to that's picking ninth. 
Okay. Uh, that didn't have a first-round pick last year. They took linebacker Jordan Brooks back in 2020. He played his football in the Big 12, if I'm correct. And then uh, LJ Texas Collier. Tech. Yeah, the defensive end. Taking a Texas Tech in. defensive player, something that's never gone wrong. 19. They uh, possess eight picks. They'll have two picks tomorrow uh, in the second round and a third as well. And their selection, Liam Boo. Ellen. Oh, sorry. At Good devil's on screen. Oh, okay. At number nine. Uh, the you third, booing me? Yeah, I am. The third offensive lineman taken is Charles Cross out of Mississippi State going ninth to the Seattle Seahawks. So Charles Cross is a guy, elite pass protector, probably one of the, the best in the draft, obviously due to, the, to where he came uh, from college, Mississippi State and Mike Leach's air raid offense. So one thing that's going to be a worry for, for a lot of teams uh, is that his run blocking is not going to be up to par with a lot of the typical high tackles that are taken. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like the Seahawks are the type of team that could never really run the ball anyway, so it might not be their uh, top concern. Now, again, getting back into cross, he deals with power and uh, finesse rushing equally well, and, I, again, I think he's going to be an outstanding kind of top half uh, just as a rookie in terms of uh, top half guy uh, in pass protection. I mean, he has good awareness. Uh, at the same time, he's a bit under, undersized and unexperienced when it comes to run blocking. Like I said, he had uh, several penalties last year, seven holding uh, flags and one false start uh, to make up eight penalties. So, again, for Cross, it's really going to be refining the run blocking, I think, because he has the makings of an outstanding tackle when it comes to pass protection, and I think he could line up uh, potentially at left tackle for a team, especially in pass protection. But when it comes to run blocking, I think there's going to be a bit of a concern there. And, I mean, we'll see what Seattle has to do with tinkering with him. But, I mean, they got their guy as a, as a tackle, and I think that he's going to excel for them. We're going to step aside one more time very quickly. We've got the Jets picking at 10, and we want to leave ample time for a potential, and I say a potential, uh, guest to call in and join the draft program as the Jets will be making their second selection in the first round at 10th overall when we return from this break. You're listening to draft coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft on 91.7 FM U92. WWVU FM, Morgantown. You don't have to be in your car to listen to U92. You can listen online anytime by going to www.u92themoose.com and clicking Listen Now. The Moose is also on TuneIn, Radio FX, and the Alexa app. Tune in anywhere, anytime, U92. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Back inside the United Kids Studios for coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft, New York Jets. J 
J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 picking it, Tan. Tanner, where are we going? Uh, sorry. Um, I, I think that this team's got to go defense here again because the more that I – the more that I've looked at this team, the more that I realize they have made a lot of offensive free agent moves, right? They signed Uzama, who I think is a big veteran piece for this team. Who He had a great year in Cincinnati, unfortunately got hurt. But, you know, that's a really nice target, big target for Zach Wilson to throw at. The only other thing I could think is maybe a receiver again here. Uh, but, they, but they get the nice pick earlier in this draft to help bolster the defense. But I, I would imagine they go defense again here, but more in the linebacker area or the front seven. Uh, if, if not, though, it's got to be a receiver, in my opinion. And I think it could be one of the Ohio State guys. I, I just, you know, the hype around Jamison Williams, I get it, but they need immediate help. And, and I think that that's a guy that might not be back for a bit. Strange draft room that the Jets have. It looks like it's like at a, a, a the waterfront in a conference room. It looks like they've the, rented Woody, that Woody, space. Woody Johnson has a TikTok now, the owner of the Jets, it, and he showed it off on his TikTok. It, also have it the looks draft like, board kind of. It in, looks like yeah, one of the shots. that's really it looks weird. like one of the one of the fake focus group rooms that you'll see on Impractical Jokers. Well, we've that's got the definitive uh, definition of what the Jets are, though, right? Impractical so. Jokers, ah. essentially. Not bad. We'll see what the boys come up here with the 10th overall pick. The top three edge rushers are already off the board, and the same could be said for the top three tackles. So I would venture to guess that that would not be where the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are going guard. with this pick I, here. I mean, that be, Nevada a bit son of a reach, is right in Roger Goodell's eyes. Yeah, Roger Goodell is fighting for his life. Yeah, they're hey, a high-stake receiver. Garrett Wilson, great pick for the Jets. Sorry to jump the gun there. Garrett Wilson goes 10th to the Jets, Daniel. Now Luke's mad. Yeah, Garrett Wilson, <laughs> I, I see why people have him pegged as the number one receiver, and he is certainly a guy in that conversation for me. Uh, but there are just some things that I have concerns about. I, I'm very interested to see how he holds up against some of the more physical corners in the league, your Marcus Peters of the world, because watching him on tape, I did not like the way he responded to some of the physical play he got, particularly from Penn State's corners, Joey Porter Jr., Tariq Castro-Fields, who's expected to go in this draft as well, and Joey Porter Jr., who could be a day-one draft pick in the coming years. Uh, but he did really not respond well to the physical work that they gave him at the line. Garrett Wilson has all the tools to be a legitimate number one. He reminds me of Justin Jefferson in a lot of ways. I think this is a good pick for the Jets. I would have liked Jamison Williams here, but I understand the injury concerns. I think picking at 10, they needed to go receiver just to get a weapon for Zach Wilson because it was so bleak a year ago. Uh, but I really think this is a solid pick. I would have gone Williams, but I like Garrett Wilson to the Jets. Looks like we have some breaking news as the first pick of the night could be on the uh, the move, Ben Mackey. Yes, and not only that, but the Jets decide to go Wilson here. They offered this pick in a trade package to the Niners for Debo Samuel. Mm. Instead, they decided... Uh, I Wait, guess so the, hang on. Let I me, guess the Niners said no. Well, hang on. Let, let me be clear on your words here. They offered that pick in a package, or they offered that In pick? a package so, for Debo Samuel. So, first of all, I, I think we would all be comfortable with getting a, the 10th pick in the draft for Debo Samuel. So, yeah. not only do they say no to 10, they say no to a package of other yeah, things. Yeah, correct. According to Rappaport. And, yes, the Commanders are trading back from 11. It is the Saints that have moved up and are now on the clock. Well, Liam, this could speculate. We talked about who could go QB first off the draft, a potential uh, trade-up for the Saints to take the first signal caller. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen the, the Kenny Pickett, the Malik Willis go yet. And with some uncertainty at quarterback for the Saints, uh, you know, I, I think that potentially there could be the, the first quarterback taken here. But, again, we'll, we'll have to see uh, kind of the – 
the effects of this trade, if you will, because uh, now we'll see New Orleans with several uh, picks now, and, and we'll have to get the, the entire package and I how that's affected the, the draft order right picks in yeah the back end yeah that, I, I, that's a big move right there that says a lot because this is a saints team that needs a lot of help yeah you're absolutely right and we'll get to the bottom of that here in just a second but i want to take a second to bring in a special guest because all the way live from glen ridge new jersey is uh jets beat reporter charlie deluca who's now seen his team take two players in the first round i can confirm that mr deluca was thrilled to take Sauce Gardner fourth overall. Tenth overall, they go Garrett Wilson. So, Mr. DeLuca, talk about where the Jets stand, two picks into the first. Yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, I really like that Gardner pick, Luke. Uh, I just think, you know, their defense was was terrible last year, one of the worst defenses uh, I've ever seen that I have uh, in my 10-plus years of watching them. So, definitely was a, uh, a strong need. And Gardner, you know, he's a big physical guy. Uh, Leo loves to press coverage. It will be interesting to see what happens with uh, Salah's defense, of course. He doesn't really play a whole lot of man, so we'll, we'll see how he adjusts to that. But definitely a position of need, and, and I think that was a lot of Jeff fans, including me's uh, preferred pick there. I, I think you know they could have gone edge rusher, but definitely uh, to, to get a, a lockdown corner like uh, Sauce, it does bring back a little bit of the Darrell Remus days. Uh, certainly, I think that's, there's that potential there. And then Wilson, again, another position of need. You know, I, I heard Ben talk about how that apparently they offered that pick to, to the Niners for Debo. Uh, you know, I think that, I like the aggressiveness, but I, I think they could get Debo, you know, with, with both twos or even after the draft. Still, I don't think the 49ers are really rushing to trade him. So we'll see where that goes. But Wilson, big catch radius, which I like. Zach Wilson wasn't the most accurate quarterback last year. So, you know, it's almost like a no excuses thing with him anymore. You have. Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, the running back, came along last year. Their offensive line uh, is, is projected to be pretty solid. Now you have uh, another weapon on the outside. So certainly I think a pretty good, if not great, first round for the uh, JTS Jets, Jets, Jets there. <laughs> well, well uh, sticking specifically with Wilson, he goes off the board, and you talk about maybe not the most accurate Zach Wilson in years past. i got to ask you this as a Jets fan. I know you're happy with this pick. You're happy to see a wide receiver. If Drake London was still on the board here, would you have preferred the Jets gone in that direction, or was Wilson your go get him? This is the guy we want. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was pretty up. That was probably the most upset I've been so far is seeing the Falcons pick London uh, at eight. So I, I definitely would have preferred him. I think that big body physical receiver would be something that would be beneficial and complement really well with Elijah Moore and, and the two tight ends they signed for agency. But again, you know, Wilson is a. Is, like I said before, has a big catch radius, is athletic, can go up and get jump balls, uh, is good in the red zone. So I think all the things that you look for in London, you also get in Wilson. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I think it definitely was kind of a 1A, 1B approach, uh, for me at least. I would have preferred London, but obviously Wilson is no, uh, no settle. Now, Charlie, a lot of what people have questioned with the Jets would be if they would go offensive line with one of those picks with the questions about Makai Becton in terms of production and health. Uh, for him since they drafted him out of Louisville. Nobody really knows what his health status is going into the 2022 season. Now, we understand that you take Sauce Gardner at four, you would have to think he was the best player available for them, but you don't go offensive line there, and then you get to 10, and the top three offensive tackles are off the board. In your opinion, as someone that's plugged into that Jets team, is this a vote of confidence in Makai Becton, or do you think they're looking to upgrade the offensive line at another point here in the next couple days? Uh, you know, I, I do think it's confidence in Beckton. You know, they signed uh, 
Tomlinson from the 49ers, a guard, to, to play uh, with Barrett Tucker. Um, so they have improved the offensive line elsewhere. Um, and I think, you know, it's a situation where he's Joe Douglas's guy. I believe he was his first draft pick as GM, uh, Makai Beckton was. So, and they used a high pick on him, too. So that's a lot of investment in, in a player. And I think, you know, to only give him two years is, is a short leash. And I think, you know, it's their own guy. So I think they're going to stick with, with him as long as they can. And like you said, the three top tackles were gone. I think maybe if, if one of them was there, uh, they might have been leaning towards, uh, you know, Charles Cross maybe. But I, I think definitely look at the situation, and, and they needed a receiver, and they got their guy. So uh, I think it's Beckton is a guy who needs to have a bounce-back season, but I think he's certainly capable of doing so. All right, last question, Charlie. To pivot away from the Jets, we've just seen our first trade in this year's draft. The Saints trade up to 11, <laughs> as New Orleans has a Let's Go Pelicans sign on their draft. Room. They're all That's wearing great. red. They're wearing Pelicans gear. That's strange. Charlie, is the first quarterback going to be taken at 11? What do you think? I would have to see what's up. You don't jump up, what is it, eight picks, five picks? Like, that was saying a big jump and, and not get a, a potential franchise-changing player. I mean, as of right now, their quarterback is, is Taysom Hill. He's the starter, so I don't know how that will work out. We saw what happened last year with that. Sean Payton's gone, so I think they might look for a new era in New Orleans and certainly a, a franchise quarterback in a, in a top 11 pick you could start. All right, Charlie. Well, thanks for calling in. I hope that the, the Jets are happy uh, with their draft haul. I'm sure you are. Uh, it's a shame that you're no longer here covering these drafts with us, but uh, thank you for calling in. Yeah, always happy to talk to you guys. All right, thank you very much. That was Charlie DeLuca calling in from uh, the, the greater New Jersey era, area, excuse me, as the Saints who have moved up are on the clock. Are you all right there, Liam? Go, go ahead. The Lions are now on. on the clock. Okay, so we were lying earlier that it was the Saints that no, traded No, it was the Saints. No, the Saints. This Saints is traded the Saints. Up and the then Saints. moved the pick to the Lions, correct? Yeah. Okay. And then there's somebody there's a, with a Chargers sign. And a guy in a Chiefs jersey. And a guy in a Chiefs jersey. And, and Adrian Eckler. Gonzalez. And Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez. <laughs> not Adrian. <laughs> Adrian. Wow. Okay, so all right. All right, let's, let's, let's Next, reset Messing here. up sports. So, no, here. like. Are the Lions in at 11 or 12? I think they're I, there's no way Minnesota trades with Detroit so it has to be 11. I think the problem here is our stream is behind. Yeah, and we'll The get, Lions have traded up to pick 12. So the Saints the Saints, are, the Saints are gonna make a pick. The Saints are picking at 11, and the, the Lions are in at 12. And the Saints only gave up 16 number 98 and number 120. Pretty good trade spots. to move up 5, I so think. So they hold on to that second first round pick. Yes. That's impressive. Well, I I agree with Tanner. I think that was too much to to move up 5 spots trading both of those. Yeah, because I mean, well, that's I bet they regret that trade now, too, because I think they were doing that to hot Minnesota, who they were going to assume was going to take a quarterback. And now Minnesota, they trade out because of that trade, I guess. I think the quarterback run is on. Right. Well, this is a quarterback So that's what's going to happen. Tony Gonzalez is at the the, the podium, not Adrian Gonzalez. Why would he be announcing the Saints pick? Well, I don't think he is. I think this is just a a, a divisional thing with Vegas in town. Everyone's booing him, and he's laughing, and the pick hasn't officially been announced anywhere yet. Uh, so we'll have it here in just a second. So we have more clarity there. Ben? Yes, Lions get 12 and 46 for picks 32, 34, and 66. That's and not that's, a bad move either, though. And that's interesting, Daniel, and we'll get the Saints pick here in just a second because Luke Wiggs' hot take, ha-ha, was that Sam Howell was going to be a quarterback taken with the very last pick in the draft by the Detroit Lions. So it seems as though this is still a team that would be interested in trading a quarterback, and they're quickly moving up to get one. Yeah, it's an interesting question. If the run is on. If the run is on. 
We'll need to see what happens here at 11 with New Orleans and see go, who goes off the board here. I have I don't have a quarterback in my top 25 prospects in this draft. Malik Willis is my highest, and as I look at it uh, right now and try to pull this board up, uh, I've got him as my 17th best available player. I didn't have another quarterback other than Malik Willis inside my top 45 prospects. Uh, I've got Willis number 27 on my board. So I think personally, and I think a lot of the guys in this room would agree, a quarterback at 11 is a reach, but we've seen teams do this year in and year out. Well, the Saints will be picking here, as we said, Mickey Loomis, their general manager for a team that took Peyton Turner in the first round. And I asked the question earlier, when the last time that two cornerbacks had gone back-to-back that early in the draft, we have to ask ourselves, when the last time two teammates went back-to-back that played the same position? Because Liam Bellin, Chris Olave becomes the man that the Saints trade up to get at 11. Yeah, so you look at this trade up to number 11, give up 1698 and 120. They get another Buckeye in the wide receiver room uh, to go along with Mike Thomas. Chris Olave with this pick trading up, I'm not really convinced with. Uh, he has good ball skills and production throughout his career, good personality. He's liked by teammates and coaches. He's a you know a locker room guy. He's going to be the type of guy that can make you plays. And, I mean, New Orleans is a team that, again, Mike Thomas hasn't been around for a few years, and you really need some guys to step up, some weapons in particular. At the same time, Olave is a very specific type of player, I think. You know, he's not a great blocker. He's not really going to be able to shift – a lot of places in this offense. It seems like uh, he's not really going to be big or fast enough to to be an X, although I guess you wouldn't expect that from him here in New Orleans with Mike Thomas coming back. So Olave, I'm not sure that I would trade that many picks for him. I'm not sure that I would trade up for him at all. And I think there are better receivers on the board, so to be quite honest. I don't really know about this pick. ESPN, a little bit of a free-for-all because they still had Minnesota. They had the pick as in, and then they traded it to De- or changed it to Detroit and started the clock. Lots of Chiron work. Yeah, there. Daniel, I, I, you might want to add a point to this, but before or after that, I do want to ask you, though, is Olave, in your estimation, in your top 100 prospects, a wide receiver worth trading up for? I don't think so, and I think he's a guy that you could have got at 16, which is the thing. Obviously, they have more in they have more league intel than we do, and obviously somebody between 10 and 16 was going to take Chris Olave. I don't think you move up in that case as who I'm assuming is Chris Olave's father it's is a, wearing an absolutely staggering outfit. It's a zoot suit. Amazing. <laughs> uh, but what I have to say about Chris Olave, the concern here for me is when it comes to positional value, if you're taking a wide receiver with the 11th pick, especially if you're trading up for him, you want him to be a number one. I don't know if Chris Olave has the tools to be a true number one in the NFL. I get that you're going to pair him with Michael Thomas, uh, but when it comes to, like Liam said, those physical concerns, he's got a smaller frame, he's not really a guy that's going to go up and get it for you down the field. I have some concerns uh, about pick value taking Chris Olave at number 11, especially trading up five spots to do it. You have another trade. And now the Eagles have traded up to 13 with the Texans. So, well, we know who the Lions pick. Yeah, we too. know who the Lions pick. We'll get to that in just a second as Daniel gets your uh, cough, cough, Jameson Williams notes ready. Hey! hey. Uh, Tanner, you wanted to add something. Yeah, and, and my thing is is that Olave was scouted the year before. Remember, a lot of people don't remember that he came back. Yeah. And, and many people expected him to be a first-round pick at last year's draft. So his production kind of 
it, it improved, but it also fell off at the same time because you've got guys like Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba who were also in that room. We saw what Jackson Smith and Jigba did at the Rose Bowl where he just went off. But Garrett Wilson was taking some of the targets away from Chris Olave. We've seen this dude be very, very good at Ohio State, but that also meant that he had a great quarterback like C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields throwing him the football. But he is a guy who can stretch the field and really climb a ladder and go get those 50-50 balls. And I think potentially this is a sort of a bridge to make Michael Thomas a little bit happier. I don't know how much really breath there is to that, but this is a guy who's been a little disgruntled with the Saints, and now you bring in a wide receiver that he knows from an Ohio State program, which he came out of. I think that that's maybe a little mending being done by the Saints at the same time. And they still have another pick here. So... As far as the Steelers go, which I know some of us are paying attention to, we could see a quarterback still taken. We've got the Lions coming up here at 12 to be followed by the Eagles, Ravens, and Texans. We'll reset the draft after this pick is in, and we'll also take a break so we can catch our breath and uh, try to get back to the bottom of we know who's traded for what pick in the first round, but maybe what the returns on all of the picks are. Uh, so we'll go to Daniel here in just a second when the pick is made for Detroit. And again, this was a Detroit team that already had two first-round picks, but they moved from 32 all the way back in the preteens, if you will, up to 12. Uh, for a player to be taken here, a three and thirteen and one Detroit team uh, that we talked about was a bit bleak last year. Uh, their general manager Brad Holmes to make the selection here in just a couple of moments. They go offensive line in 2021 with Penny Sewell, Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State, the second pick in the draft in 2020. T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end, going in 2019. And Daniel, the pick is in three consecutive wide receivers and four of the last five picks wide receivers as well as the second Alabama player drafted in the first round is Jameson Williams. And this is a great pick, I think, uh, to go along with the guy that is Tanner Lambert's preseason MVP and Jared Goff uh, <laughs> in Detroit, where you get him a weapon in Jameson Williams where they really didn't have a number one guy last year. Uh, you had an impressive rookie season, I would say, for the value that you got out of Amon Ross St. Brown. You had a couple of other guys that stepped up at different times. But when Khalif Raymond is the guy that you need to go to on third downs, I'm not Khalif necessarily sure that well, they you're bring in a great in Chark, spot. Too. And they do bring in DJ Chark, so that's that's a solid option for this year, depending on when you get Jamison Williams back. Torres ACL back in January. You don't know what that timeline's totally going to look like. But I love Jamison Williams. He was my number one receiver in this draft. The fact that he's the fourth receiver off the board is an absolute robbery. Luke, you're going to appreciate that his father, James, much like West Virginia's baseball, West Virginia baseball's Carlson Reed, his name is Jamison. His father's name is James. Oh. Is wearing a Seattle <laughs> or is wearing a St. Louis Cardinals hat backstage. Yes, he is. Jamison Williams, a St. Louis guy, yes, something I'm sure you can appreciate. But when it comes to breaking down his game. Uh, he he changes speeds and shifts gears as well as well as any receiver that I've seen in this draft. Uh, this is a guy that bet on himself leaving Ohio State to get away from the Chris Olaves and the Garrett Wilsons that he was behind on the depth chart. He goes to Alabama, and if it's not for that ACL tear, I really do think would have been the first receiver off the board in this draft. He can make plays down the field. He can make plays over the middle of the field. He's got a little bit of a slight frame. I'd like to see him add weight as long as he can keep that play speed, but he's got absolute jets to run by anybody that you put in front of him, and he's a pretty polished route runner for a guy that for the majority of his career has been mostly a deep threat. We'll go to Ben Mackey in a second. I want to reset the draft, then we'll get the Eagles pick in, and then we'll take a break. But, Ben, what do you have? Uh, yeah, the, the trade compensation for the Eagles giving up to move up to 13. They give up 15, 124, 162, and 166 
to move up two spots. A little bit and, steeper, I think. And if yeah. I can add uh, my bit of draft analysis, I'd be surprised if this one's not Kyle Hamilton. Ooh, I do like that. By the way, I hate to put you on the spot. If you wouldn't mind, a little bit later in the draft, start to compile these trades all together so we can look at them all uh, when, when the draft, at least in a couple of picks because we've uh, had three trades over the course of the last 20 minutes. So I'd like to reset and tell everybody who got traded for what. But we'll talk about the Eagles with Tanner here in a second. They're picking for the first time. But let's reset the draft. Javon Walker, to nobody's surprise, the defensive end out of Georgia going first overall. Aiden Hutchinson out of Detroit going second. Another edge rusher, Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU going third to the Houston Texans. The Jets take Sauce Gardner, the cornerback out of Cincinnati fourth. Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon State, or rather Oregon, the defensive end, going fifth to the Giants. Eki McQuanwu going to the Panthers at six. He's an offensive lineman, as is Evan Neal from Alabama, who go to the Giants at seven. Drake London becomes the first wide receiver taken at eight to the Falcons, then Charles Cross. Another lineman from Mississippi State. That's an offensive tackle going to the Seahawks. And then three consecutive wide receivers taken at 10, 11, and 12. The Jets go Garrett Wilson at 10. Chris Olave goes 11th to the Saints. Jamison Williams out of Alabama going 12th to the Lions. So, Daniel, you have something? One thing that I want to say before we go to the break, with this run on receivers, four in the first 12 picks, if I'm Kansas City and Green Bay in the 20s, you're I'm not sweating happy. right now. Yeah, you're not happy at all. That's what I was going to say. I, Aaron Rodgers is not happy well, at home right now at all. i got to say, I'm a little happy because I really want to see Christian Watson go in the first round, and now I think he will. Uh, who are the Eagles looking at here, Tanner, at 13? Well, I, you know, they, they need a lot of defensive help. That's, that's their top five needs, in my opinion. Uh, maybe you throw a wide receiver in there as well. Um, but I feel like Nick Sirianni likes Jalen Hurts, and this team likes Jalen Hurts. Uh, they're at least going to give him another year. I don't think there's any way that quarterback is even in the realm of possibility here. Um, and, and I like what Ben said uh, with this pick, because they did give up a lot to just move up two spots in what feels like has been a very, you know, at the beginning of the draft it felt very defensively heavy. Now it's just been all offense for what seems like the last six or seven picks. And now we're here, the Eagles move up. Uh, and they move heaven and earth to get here. They give up a lot, a lot of draft capital uh, in the coming rounds. So this pick has not only got to be what they need, but it's got to hit as well. And, and so, you know, linebackers, something I could see them taking. Um, I, I, it's tough to say, though, because they are moving up. Uh, and they gave up a lot to move up. So I, I'm very intrigued to see. I don't know if the boys have seen who it's been yet. I have not, not seen anything. Okay. Uh, the Eagles at 9-8 and eight last year. Howie Roseman, their general manager, is the top rushing offense in the NFL last year. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they were ninth against the run and 11th against the pass. But you're right, that's a little bit misleading when they were 22nd in the NFL in points against 10 picks for the Eagles. Well, that's been changed since they give a lot, gave a lot of those up in a trade. They came into the draft with 10 picks, 15 and 18, but obviously they moved up now uh, to pick 13. They've taken wide receivers in two consecutive first rounds of Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager and took Andre Dillard back in 2019. Daniel, don't hate me for this. I have to ask this question. I've gone this long before bringing fantasy football into the mix, but we've seen four wide receivers go in the last five picks, and I'll remind you Drake London going to Atlanta, Garrett Wilson going to the Jets, Chris Olave going to the Saints, Jameson Williams to the Lions. Any fantasy upside when you look at those receivers? As far as the four that have gone off the board so far? I, I, and their fits. And their fits. I would have to say, 
that you look at a guy that can plug in and get a ton of targets right away, it's Drake London. We're talking about a Falcons team who, outside of Kyle Pitts, their number one pass catcher was Olamide Zacchaeus at this point. So Drake London's going to get a ton of targets. Uh, I, I can see them funneling the ball to him a lot like Julio Jones was funneled the ball in those Matt Ryan offenses for so long. He's the one that I think probably has the highest upside at this moment. Williams, you're concerned with injuries, obviously. Garrett Wilson is also going to get a ton of targets in New York. I'm just a little concerned as to the production that he's going to get from Zach Wilson as to the production that you're going to get with a Drake London and Marcus Mariota combination because London's a guy that's going to go get the ball for you uh, from a quarterback in Marcus Mariota who's generally pretty accurate. Wilson, a little bit more scattershot. And Garrett Wilson, not necessarily a guy with that same catch radius. So that's what I think limits his ceiling. I like London the best in terms of fantasy out of those four. I think Wilson, just based on targets, has to be next. Olave, like I said, is going to be behind Michael Thomas in that offense. But again, he's going to be healthy. So you have to slot Jamison Williams in behind him when it comes to upcoming fantasy value. Now, we won't make the official pick here. We're hearing rumors or at least speculation as to who. The Eagles traded up for. Oh, I saw it. And it'll be interesting to see because, in my opinion, if it's the player that we believe it's going yeah. to be, if they leapfrog Baltimore to get him because the player who we're Staggering. talking about seems to be the guy that I think Baltimore would be interested in taking. Definitely the Chargers. What is that, 17? That's 17. Pick, but maybe Baltimore. Baltimore fans will be furious because I'm not going to say the guy's name. The next Holodinata. <laughs> He is, without a doubt, one of my favorite players in the draft. So we're gonna head, go ahead and say it's official. We haven't gotten the. Well, we'll have to. We'll have to we'll wait, wait for Goodell. Goodell is on the. Is we've on got the an podium. ice cube montage right now, and we've got. Co Why is it college game day? Is there a reason because, for that? Uh, these guys have you know scouted these teams so well. Well, no, I understand and, that. And they but go do all that. But it's never college game day at the draft, right? It's the well, NFL Well, they have to draft. have separate ABC and ESPN broadcast. Right. Okay, I see. So I this see. is college game day takes over the ABC broadcast. I see, I see. I, I get what you're saying now. Ice Cube is now delaying the next pick so they can interview him uh, in his 2022 Raiders This jersey. is why get, they get, get behind get really Jesse quick in the Palmer draft. off my television. I don't <laughs> – he, shouldn't he be hosting, like, the Disney Parks Christmas Parade or something? <laughs> that's a, that's a deep cut. I like that. I mean, come on, that's man. That's a good line. That's a at, good least line. <laughs> at least McShay's there. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. They've only brought Mel in, like, twice. Well, he's on they? the ESPN broadcast. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, well, this is the ABC. You I wonder if Mayock gets his job back, too. What do you think? I know you're a big Mike Mayock well, guy. Well, here's the thing. I, I And I watched the NFL draft. The Cleveland Furl, Mark. Yeah. I uh, I watched the NFL draft a lot without sound because I'm doing other things like hosting the show. Yeah. You guys would know better than me. Is Mayock pretty good on TV? I think he's, I think he's very good. I think, yeah. I, I liked him on TV. Okay. I mean, he's not a great. He was a great bargain getter with the guys he found. His first rounds were disgusting. Yeah. But um, I, I just didn't know because I, I didn't really get to see much of his work before the pick was made. Uh, the Eagles are announcing their pick here in just a moment that's a, just a really ugly shade of blue that they use for the helmet on the uh, the abc broadcast i still don't like this stage what do you think it's not bad I, it, it, it just honestly, doesn't feel las vegas -y well to me, what it I guess looks like to me saying. is you know like you know i went the warp tour you guys have been to music festivals before it looks like a music festival yeah right before we get to this pick what i will say because i can definitively say as long as the intel is correct he's not going to be the pick here at 13 we're starting to potentially see a storyline for a green room slide with Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. He was a guy that I thought we could see start in the back half of that top 10, really? depending on how the board fell as an edge rusher. I don't have him that high. 
but I think he was in play really starting with that eighth pick with Atlanta. And now we're at 13. He's not going to go at 13. If he doesn't go to Baltimore or Houston, we could see him in the green room for a little while. Uh, so Jordan Davis will be the selection here at 13 for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was the player we were all hinting to. And again, I think that this is a move to get him away from definitely the Chargers at 17, although the Eagles were picking before them already. But I really think that Baltimore was interested with him at 14. But Howie Roseman, Liam Bellin, will trade up to 13 and make this pick here for the most impressive physical specimen. I will not be accepting ats at this time, Jordan Davis at 13. Davis is a guy that's violent at the point of attack uh, with the ability to, you know, shut anything down uh, through the trenches there against offensive linemen. He's quick to the football. He's dominant as a run stuffer. With that being said, there are some concerns about his uh, defensive or pass uh, rush ability, you know, being able to uh, clog the, the lanes when it comes to pass blocking and, and trying to make a difference when it comes to that. He's not the best uh, moving laterally but I mean that's not exactly what you're worried about if you're if you're Davis and if you're the like a nose tackle that he projects to be you're looking at north to south movement another thing is the conditioning and the stamina now we talked about how deep the Georgia defensive line was and how many revolving pieces there were uh, for such a good defense that ended up uh, when ended up winning the national championship excuse me so I mean, that obviously played against Davis, and all of those guys like Walker and Davis didn't exactly have the production that might be indicative of their talent level. So I think Davis, for all the right reasons, has really been seen as a guy that could be a, a real run stuffer and a real stopper for defensive lines for years to come. I think it's a really good pick, and I think that Davis uh, is going to succeed. The only questions I have are about his uh, ability to you know, pass rush and, and what he's going to do when it comes to passing downs because if you're trying to run the ball against them, you're going to have trouble. We do owe you a break. We're going to have to wait in a second until the, uh, the, the Ravens get their pick in. The only thing that doesn't make sense about this pick, and I want to get some of Daniel's thoughts on Davis here in a second, this is an Eagles team that already has Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. So I don't think they're playing all three of them at the same time. And Davis isn't somebody that's going to be on the field for 100% of snaps, so he'll come off the bench. But, Daniel, let's be real here. 98th percentile in height at six foot six, 95th percentile in weight at 340 pounds, 93rd percentile in hand size. He ran a 4.7840 at 341 pounds, which, let's be honest, guys, I think Jordan Davis might be able to beat all of us in a foot race. Uh, 99th percentile in broad jump, 123 inches. Unbelievable. It's a freak athlete. And the first thing, not it's not the first thing, it's one of the first things I have written uh, on my scouting report for him. This dude eats one-on-ones for breakfast. Oh, yeah. You cannot, you cannot block him with one interior lineman because he will be in your quarterback's lap within seconds. I, I love the pick for really anybody. This is a guy who I think you can plug and play on a defensive line, and he's going to absolutely dominate. And uh, like Liam said, the conditioning, the limited snaps at Georgia are really the only things that give me pause as well as the pass rush to an extent. He's not a guy that you're going to ask to get after the quarterback a ton. I think he's going to have to be in a rotation initially, uh, but this is someone that you can stick onto your defensive line, and he's going to make plays for you right away. It's just a matter of how often he does. The thing that I want to be able to keep an eye on here now is you've had two Georgia players go in the first 13 picks, 
from what I have put together, we could see seven defensive players from Georgia go in the first two days of this draft. I really want to see how many go in this first round because you've got Davis off the board. You've got Walker off the board. There's a lot of guys in that late first round mix that could be going relatively soon for Georgia. Well, the Ravens on the clock right now. Eric DeCosta, their general manager, who took Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver, back in 2021, along with an outside linebacker. Patrick Queen back in 2020 was one of my favorite players from that draft class, as was Hollywood Brown the year before. So the Ravens betrayed by the fact that they were happy to take Big 12 players in the first round, which, by the way, I don't think we're going to see any today. Uh, But who could the Ravens go with here uh, in the first round of 14, Tanner? You know, there's a number of different things that we could see happen here. I feel like this team's secondary is good. I I, I was on Twitter here scrolling through, and a lot of people think it was Daxton Hill. I don't really understand why they would do that at this point. Uh, Maybe that's just me hoping they don't as a Steelers fan. Um, But, you know, at the line— Daxton Hill's the guy you want for the Steelers? No, no, no. Oh, oh, to play again. To play again. I was going to say. No, no, I was not saying that. I like Daxton Hill as much as the next guy. Yeah, no, no, I didn't mean it like that. I apologize. He's smaller Minka Fitzpatrick. Right, right. But, you know, I I think that, you know, a guy like maybe Jermaine Johnson uh, could be a good pick here for the Ravens to help bolster that front seven. That's what they desperately need. Uh, We were talking about this before the show, I think, um, where the Ravens, their secondary is probably going to be the best in football, whether or not they take a safety in the first round or not. Um, But defensively, at the linebacker spot, you know, Tyvis Bowser is a guy that played a lot of snaps for them last year. I don't really think that they want to continue that trend where they're not playing top, top guys. It's It's been a long time since Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis were on this Ravens squad, and their front seven just isn't what it used to be. Calais Campbell is getting older. This team is getting older in the front seven on defense. They need to make a move here, and that's why you see the Eagles trade up to take Jordan Davis because you know Baltimore was going to take him if not. And so now you got to see what Harbaugh is going to do with that team. Uh, they, the, Draven, the, 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 Ravens, the Ravens always seem to draft well, but I like a guy like Jermaine Johnson right here, Daniel. The 13th best passing offense in the NFL last year. They are third at rushing the ball. Uh, harken back to with, the last with no running years. backs, too, on the roster. Yeah, they, uh. they had quite a few hurt. Well, they lose their top two guys. Gus Edwards goes down, too, at some point. Yeah. And then Lamar Jackson doesn't play, and they're still a top five offense in the league rushing-wise. Their rushing defense, by the way, was tops in the NFL, but their passing defense, you talk about their secondary, 32nd in football. Uh, the pick was just made. Do we have some urgent news, Ben, or can we talk about the player? Uh, the Ravens have traded Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals. Oh, my goodness. Liam, we're going to come to you to the instant analysis of that trade, but before we do that, the players selected at 14th for the Ravens. We talk about the secondary, and uh, Tanner likes the talent that they have. Go Cardinals ahead. traded number 23 for him. Ooh, so the Ravens wow. are back in the first round. All right, we're going to unpack that in just a second. Kyle Hamilton, safety, Notre Dame, to the team that was worst against the pass in football last year. This is an interesting pick for the Ravens solely because uh, they've got a lot of money locked up in that secondary, and I don't necessarily know. Obviously, you find a fit for a guy like Kyle Hamilton, who was by far the best player available left for me. Uh, he's my number one player left available. He was number four overall coming into the draft. He's a safety that can do it all for you. He covers a ton of ground uh, as a free safety roving deep. He can drop into the box. He can cover guys out of the slot. He is one of the most technical finishers when it comes to tackling the ball carrier that I have seen in this draft, and he's absurdly efficient when it comes to covering ground. Like I said, I just don't know 
what the clear path for him to get onto the field is. Obviously, you're not going to play him at corner. That's just not something that makes sense. But you have Marcus Peters. You have a lot of money invested in him. You have, you're going to, if you haven't already, have to invest a lot of money in a Marlon Humphrey extension. And then at safety, you've just signed Marcus Williams from New Orleans, and you have Chuck Clark locked up through 2023. So it's a lot of nickel to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, it sounds to me like you're going to be running a lot of nickel, which I understand because, like Tanner said, Tyus Bowser played a lot of snaps last year, and then you have Patrick Queen and Josh Bynes that are your other two linebackers. And they're coming off injury at the same time. This right. defense was absolutely dismantled, so that's why it was so bad last year. But with all the talent on the roster, and now you add Kyle Hamilton, I didn't think they needed to do that per se. But this defense is going to be scary good an if everybody stays healthy. That's their problem. Uh, an interesting comparison that I saw a little bit earlier today for Kyle Hamilton. I saw somebody call him a combination of Isaiah Simmons and Justin Simmons, uh, which would be an interesting move. That jumbo safety that you're getting with Isaiah Simmons and, and that a just absolute ground eater uh, in Justin Simmons is your free safety. Like you said, I think you're going to see a lot of nickel. I think you're going to see him and Marcus Williams in coverage a whole lot on the slot. Breaking news that we have to go back to now. Marquise Hollywood Brown traded from the Ravens to the Arizona Cardinals. Big Hollywood Brown supporter, so I hope he does well for 23. That's what it was. 23 and 100. And 100. Liam, now Arizona, just, you know, they've got one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. They've got A.J. Green. They've got DeAndre Hopkins. They've got Rondell Moore. They've got Andy Isabella. And now they've got Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yeah, uh, to be honest, Luke, I'm very much not a fan of Hollywood Brown whatsoever. <laughs> uh, watching him for several years I with understand. the Steelers, I'm honestly I'm upset that he's gone from the Ravens now because uh, that then they'll have to. I mean, I'm interested to see who will fill in for the Ravens. Maybe Rashad Bateman takes a step up. Uh, maybe you know one of the uh, guys lower down the depth chart takes yep. a step up. I can't even think of a lot of their receivers, to be honest, because they're all irrelevant. Would you think they would go receiver at 23? Yeah, that could be a possibility as well. And I just want to clarify real quick. The Cardinals get number 100 and Hollywood Brown. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. I see, I yes. see. Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, Hollywood Brown, you put him with Kyler Murray, though, and you put him in such a dynamic offense, like what you said, Rondell Moore was taking steps at the end of last season. We know what DeAndre Hopkins is. We know what Andy Isabella is. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a beneficial trade for both teams, I'd say, but I'm not the biggest fan of Marquise Brown. We'll see if he can kind of rejuvenate his career. Those wide receivers, by the way, in Baltimore, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay, James Prochet. Oh, interesting. We'll get to that in just a second. Jalen Moore, Tylen Wallace, etc. So not exactly the biggest stable of players as we now have another selection here by the Houston Texans at 15. From Texas A&M, we see the draft's first interior lineman, Liam Bellin, as Kenyon Green from Texas A&M goes off the board. Yeah, it's strong physical hands for Kenyon Green. He's experienced everywhere in the line, and I think that's one thing that could have potentially bumped him a, a step ahead of a, of a Zion Johnson or even a Tyler Linderbaum if you're looking for interior line. But that's the one position that Green never played in college was center. So he's played everywhere, all other four other spots. You know, he's played and beaten NFL caliber players and strength in the SEC. I think there's improvement to be made with his footwork. Uh, he's another guy that was heavily penalized. He wasn't my top interior guy. I did prefer Zion Johnson, but if you want that flexibility of an inside guy that could potentially kick out the tackle or you know shift sides or whatever it may be, I think he's a, a good option, and I think he's a pretty valuable pick at this point in the draft. 
Uh, but again, if I'm looking for strictly a guard, I, I think I'd have to give the, the nod to Zion Johnson. But I mean, uh, we'll see how he ends up. Uh, by the way, friend of the program, Ethan Collins is quick to point out how good Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown were together in college. I, I think that's why they do this. Yeah. The, to Kyler, keep him happy. Well, right, he's already five mad. five receivers had already come off the board mm-hmm. in front of them. So Right, sure. if they were planning on taking a receiver, that's not going to happen. Like, the way they wanted it to is the way to put that, I guess. And Hollywood Brown, to them, is a proven commodity. The last receiver they got out of the AFC North, A.J. Green, did all right besides when he froze against Green Bay. Um, so I don't. I think that they're excited about who Washington took is what happened. Well, no. That's uh, what's going on over here. You keep talking about Jahan Dotson. Did he go off the board, or are you thinking he's going to fall to the Steelers? I'm confused. Uh, well, not we're not spoiling. We're not spoiling picks around here, but okay. he will not fall to the Steelers. Okay, I, I was very. Confused. I mean, they're dancing like it's <laughs> yeah. a rave over here in the left corner. If I'm, hey, Aaron we're Rogers, fired up for our guys. I am furious. We're at just this happy in for JD Five. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, Washington here. Who's picking at 16? Yep. They traded down, and we haven't gotten the chance to talk much about. Well, I almost called them the football team. The Guardians now seven and ten last no, season. No, the, the Commanders. Guardians. Oh, the command. Oh, the Guardians. <laughs> <laughs> the, Washington the Washington Guardians. The Commanders. What's up, Jimmy Gaudio? Yeah. What was the one? Was it the Red Tails? I wanted it to be the Red, Red Tails. Boxes. Red Tails. Red Wolves. The Red Tails was the move. I, I like the, the, the Washington the Hogs, Tails. Uh, Martin Mayhew is their general Washington manager Charleston for Chiefs. a team that took Jameen Davis back in 2021 and Chase Young back in 2020. Yep. So. Uh, Defense heavy, along with Montez Sweat back in 2019, right. along uh, with Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but talk about what this pick could potentially be for Washington here. Well, Washington has a lot of different needs, but they felt that they could get them later in the draft, which is why we saw them drop back. They are weak at secondary and at linebacker. Like you mentioned, the defensive players they took were all linemen across the front with Sweat, Young, and and so you know they've really drafted defensively heavy. They need somebody else to match Terry McLaurin. They haven't had that tight end to get in there. They need somebody else to kind of open the field downfield for Carson Wentz, who could potentially get back to a semblance of what we thought he could be. He had the one MVP-like year in Philly before he got hurt, and they went on with Nick Foles and all that stuff. But Ron Rivera has got to figure this out, and, and – you know, they hired this guy. It doesn't seem like they're not going to be patient with him. I feel like they have been very patient with him. There was no talk of him being on the hot seat after last year. He did the best he could with Taylor Heineke. They bring in Wentz now. You've got to get him some weapons. So if they're not going to go defense, they've got to get somebody to catch the football, whether it be a tight end or receiver. And at this point, I think it's got to be a receiver because by the time they're going to pick again, there won't be another one on the board that can go out and really change the way you're playing. You know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about what else is going on in the sporting world tonight. We haven't had time to yet. There's a lot of NBA that we need to talk about, but I want to get this nugget in really quickly. The Blue Jays have won 12 consecutive Alec Manoa starts. How about that? He goes seven innings, strikes out seven in a quality start, giving up no runs against the Red Sox. And uh, the Blue Jays win that game one nothing. So Some members of the West Virginia media scape have said he has a legitimate Cy Young bid. I have to wait just a little bit longer before I'm there. But, again, that's former Mountaineer Alec Manoa that we're talking about here. Ben Mackey is incredulous. Adam Schefter in with this blockbuster trade. Titans are planning on trading A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Wow. How about that? Is that for pick 18? Don't know anything yet. That's all he's said. It has to be 18 and more. It has to be. Well, yeah, but I'm assuming it. my point is it starts with 18. Yes. You couldn't. Yeah. yeah. 
It, what are they doing? But all it says right now, all that's confirmed, well, not even confirmed yet, but all that he's reporting is A.J. Brown I wish, to the Eagles. I wish Luke Blaine wouldn't have left our resident Titans fan. That makes no Well, A.J. Brown wanted paid or he wanted out. Yeah, he no. was disgruntled. Yeah, he, wanted he was. To be but paid. Yeah, but that, now, that's but crazy. I, I get it. I would. I really do. If four wide receivers weren't off the board already. And now it's over for the Titans. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's a weird Are the pick, Titans going to play for a quarterback now? You saying they're going to start their rebuild? Yeah, they have a lot of money locked up yeah, in Ryan they, Tannehill. Still. Well, that and they've got a lot of pieces to win. They've got now. The only thing that might make you say that not though, necessarily a rebuild, Ryan Tannehill but hasn't shown up reboot. to voluntary workouts yet. I and and so there's talks of there being some disgruntlement Re- with Tannehill. Reshape that offense around somebody that you take in the first round. Tonight. What's a more valuable pick right now? We've got to get to this okay. uh, pick here. According in a to Rusini, it's. The 18th pick and another third round, and that's it. Not a bad trade for the Eagles. No. Uh, the pick has been made. It's Daniel's turn here to talk about a wide receiver going off the board. So, Jahan Dotson, here's his name, called from Penn State, and that's what the boys were so fired up. I thought you were fired up that he was going to fall to the Steelers. But Jahan Dotson, there's some really fun wide receivers in Washington now for the most boring quarterback in football, Daniel. That's fair. But Jahan Dotson, my number six receiver, uh, I had him behind the four guys that have come off the board already, as well as Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Uh, but I like what Jahan Dotson brings to the table, and, and I like the comparison uh, that was made by Dane Brugler from The Athletic. He called him a Deontay Johnson-type player with better hands and the ability to return punts better than Deontay Johnson, as Ben Mackey looks at me with the stone face of a man who can't I like stand Deontay. Deontay I think Jahan's better than him. He said he is. Uh, but I like Deontay Johnson. Uh, he's a guy that can cut on a dime, uh, get himself open uh, really in a phone booth, which is an outstanding thing that you're going to want uh, in a situation where you have a quarterback that isn't necessarily going to throw down the field all that much. As they're showing on television that he had second-degree burns on his hands as a two-year-old <laughs> child, which is terrifying. Uh, but for a guy with that much speed, a guy that's that twitched up, that can play in the slot and outside, he's an outstanding route runner. He plays so much bigger than five foot ten, 178 pounds. He'll go get the ball. He'll make plays after the catch, too, which you don't often see with guys that are sub-180 uh, coming out of the receiver position. And breathe. We're halfway through the NFL Draft. 16 picks in the books, and the Chargers will pick when we return. You're listening to coverage of the NFL Draft on 91.7 FM U92. My mother was always very active and independent and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Established 1982, WWVU-FM, Morgantown. Pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum every Thursday morning from a newsstand on campus. The Daily Athenaeum is WVU's independent student-run newspaper, reporting on what matters to you, reporting by students, for students. Pick up a copy today and read more at thedaonline.com. This week on Stardate, dust. Scientists are getting ready to take a close look at grains of dust from an asteroid, and we'll have details. 
We'll also talk about dust grains that enter Earth's atmosphere, creating a meteor shower. I'm Billy Henry. Please join me for Dust and More on Stardate. Take a journey through space every weekday on United to the Moose with Stardate at midnight, 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m., and then again on weekends at midnight, noon, and 3 p.m., featuring Billy Henry. And we also have two finals coming out of the NBA and two series that are now concluded as the 76ers beat the Raptors 132 to 97 to win that series four games to two. And the Phoenix Suns 115 to 109 over the Pelicans who fought valiantly in the first round, but then fall at the hands of the Phoenix Suns. And Ben Mackey came up with a really interesting stat before we go to the next pick, which we know who it is. It's Zion Johnson, by the way, going to the Chargers at 17. We'll bring in Liam, but a really interesting stat coming out of the NBA playoffs today. Yeah, Chris Paul, he's set an NBA postseason record for the most field goals made without a miss, 14 for 14. The only game like that that I can remember was a Serge Ibaka game way back. He went 11 11 for 11. 14 for 14 is crazy. All right, well, Liam, I'm sorry I didn't leave you a ton of time. Zion Johnson, Boston College, interior lineman going 17th to the Chargers. I just mentioned with the Kenyon Green uh, pick, not trade, that I prefer Zion Johnson to him. I think he has great size, helps with his strength. He deals with powerful interior defensive linemen really well which is obviously something that he's going to have to become accustomed to in the NFL, uh, can identify and, and kind of neutralize twists and other, uh, you know, whatever's going to be thrown at him. I think he has the IQ and the ability to read it and also neutralize it. There's also concerns at the same time that he needs to find better balance and could be pushed around a bit. But overall, I think that with his size, I, I think that that could be messed with uh, when it comes to, to balance issues, and I think that he's going to be one of, if not the best, interior linemen that you see down the line from this draft. So I really like the value. I like the pick, and uh, I think that it's a, it's a good option for any team looking for a guard or someone inside. Well, uh, as the Tanners, the Titans are about to pick here. This wasn't necessarily a pick, or the Titans weren't necessarily a team that early in the draft were expecting to walk away with a wide receiver. However... Recent events trading their star wide receiver yeah. to the Philadelphia Eagles well, may lend to them taking one here. The other thing you got to remember, too, is the fact that this team traded for Julio Jones. That did not work out whatsoever. We see who they get rid of him. And now they trade away A.J. Brown. So they don't really have anybody to throw the ball to that I can really think of, boys. And, and so you wonder, all right, they make this trade. They know there's not going to be a receiver later in the draft that they really could start right away as that X-Factor guy. So it feels like they're going to take a receiver here to me, Luke. Um, and maybe that's just because it's going to be cheaper. They might be planning to do something else because Tannehill's contract's big. I'm pretty sure Henry's is pretty big too. 
and then they signed Bud Dupree to that massive deal as well. So they don't have the most cap room in the world, so maybe they just couldn't figure out the logistics of that A.J. Brown contract. And A.J. Brown gets what he wanted. He gets a four-year extension for $100 million, $57 million of, it, of money guaranteed with his new team, the Philadelphia He's only Eagles. making about $4 million more than Christian Rappaport. Kirk. So, uh, Ben, let me put you on the spot here as an analyst now. The Eagles went 9-8, and eight, and the Dallas Cowboys had a pretty firm grip at the top of that division last year. They go 12-5. and five. And they're going to be picking here in just a little bit. How much does this push the needle for the Eagles? As we already talked about them trading up to get Jordan Davis, who is the most athletically freakish and one of the top defenders in this draft, and then they go out and get a huge offensive piece as well. I think they're having a very good night. Uh, I would certainly trade 18 in the third-round pick for A.J. Brown. I think he's that good of a wide receiver. Uh, he's certainly, maybe not certainly going to be their number one Receiver, now that Devontae Smith is there, had a pretty good rookie season last year. But you've got two guys on the outside now that are very good at what they do. And Jordan Davis will help even more on the defense. They still need to do some work defensively through the draft. But I think they're having an outstanding night. And they're inching closer. We'll see what the Cowboys do. But they're, they're, they've at least closed the gap a little bit on the Cowboys. And before we move on to this next pick coming up for the Titans... You look at what these next couple of teams, you've got the Titans here at 18, you've got the Saints at 19, you've got the Steelers at 20. We talked about putting Jermaine Johnson on slide watch. I don't see him going in the top 20, and you're talking about a guy that a lot of people had mocked inside the top 10. This is a serious, serious slide for a guy that was very productive, but I had some questions about as well. Is that the biggest slide for you uh, as you look at your top 100, or is there somebody uh, else me, that... Let me pull it up in front of me real quick. Yeah, I'm sorry to put you on the spot Let there. me just say no this problem. real quick. If I'm the Steelers, I'm trading back. There's nobody on the board here that I'm desperate to have. I agree. I'm much higher on Devin Lloyd than the majority of the draft community. Same goes with David Just because Ojabo. of the position of linebacker. Right, because of the positional value. For guys that I would have expected to go high, this is the biggest slide. I was very high on Devin Lloyd. I still am. I'm very high on David Ajabo. I'm very high on Daxton Hill. But certainly Jermaine Johnson, who I only had at 17, but a lot of people had as a top 10 prospect. This is a very, very big slide. So the Titans picking at 18. They also pick at 26. Where are they? John Robinson, their general manager, that took Caleb Farley back in 2021. And Isaiah Wilson, um, excuse me, back in 2020. And Jeff Simmons, their defensive tackle uh, that they took back in 2019. Uh, the fifth-best rushing offense in the league, obviously King Henry, who did miss some time, and the second-best rushing defense in the league as well. Seven picks now turns to eight uh, with the acquisition of 18. And Daniel Woods, uh, the streak of wide receivers continues as Arkansas's Traylon Burks is the next name to be called. Yeah, my top six wide receivers all off the board inside the top 20. And, and by the way, to cut you off, I believe the last over-under I saw, for those of you that were interested in prop bets for wide receivers in the first round, five and a half. I saw comfortable over. I saw me. six and a half earlier today. Okay, so it was five and a half when I looked two days ago, up to six and a half now. Still, I think, a comfortable over. Yeah, everybody's talking about wanting to trade for Debo Samuel. If you're going to get a guy like that that can handle the ball off of handoffs and then go up and get it downfield, Traylon Burks is your guy. He only ran four five five, but the physicality that he plays with, I don't necessarily think uh, is – something that concerns me when it comes to the speed he he can go get the football he aggressively attacks one-on-ones he's physically dominant if you're just going to line up a corner uh, across from him he's extremely coordinated he boxes guys out in the air I, I really like what Traylon Burks brings to the table he's going to have to improve his route tree but what this tells me is what we were talking about a little bit earlier where we're going to get I think a little bit of a soft reboot 
of that offense uh, for the Tennessee Titans, which we may have tried to see earlier in the offseason. They add Austin Hooper. They move on from A.J. Brown. They add Robert Woods coming off of that injury. I think you're going to see, honestly, a Tennessee offense that has some more guys that are a little more similar to Derrick Henry, where they're guys that may not be the fastest guy on the field, but they're physical. They're just going to go get the football for you. And that's what you need with somebody like Ryan Tannehill uh, that is really going to be a play-action quarterback. Traylon Burks is a guy that you can send downfield, and he'll go get it if he's one-on-one. He's really impressive in the air. He's extremely coordinated. I really do not worry about that 4-5-5 speed. I'm going to go to Tanner here in a second for the next pick for the Saints. He took Chris Olave at 11th. But, Ben, let's start with you. And I could ask any one of you guys, but I'll start with Ben because he looks the most nervous. Steelers are coming up here at 20. Quarterback made sense for the Steelers. We can talk about that. Wide receiver also made sense, but six of them are off the board right now. I, the interior lineman that made sense for the Steelers. They don't need a center. So Linderbaum, I don't see going here. What, your your wheels are turning as a Steelers fan in what direction? Yeah, I'm mainly nervous because I haven't seen a New Orleans pick yet. I know the pick isn't even in yet, um, but I haven't seen anybody report it yet. I don't know if they go quarterback here. At 20, if I'm the Steelers, I really am trading back. There is nobody on the board right now that I desperately need if I'm the Steelers. I'm, I, I'm trying to trade back and stay in the first round, but I, there's nobody that I'm begging to have for the Steelers. And I said earlier that if no quarterbacks had gone at 20, I'd be okay with them if they had their pick of the litter and getting their guy. Now I'm feeling a little nervous T- about it. Tanner, you can add to that and then finish with what you think the Saints could do at 19. I, I pretty much agree with what Ben's saying there. I mean, if you want to take Linderbaum, that's fine. I don't think you have to keep Kendrick Green at center. We've seen him play other positions, especially in college. He was a very versatile offensive lineman. And they're saying this guy, you know, he's the next Jason Kelsey. So if that's the truth, that could really help the Steelers' own line that still needs a lot of work, if we're really going to be honest at the end of the day. I don't think anybody's going to believe that that thing is solidified. Um, And I think that the quarterbacks are still going to be there if you drop it back. The the problem, though, with dropping back is – Green Bay has nothing to trade to come get the wide receiver they want now. These teams at the back end of the draft, they don't have the draft capital to really make that benefit work either. So now the Steelers, they were already in no man's land. They are way out there by themselves with nobody coming in to help. They could take the best player available, but who that is, you know, can be argued up to anybody. I just, they're really stuck right now. As far as the Saints go, they take their wide receiver. I think that they are happy with Jameis Winston at quarterback. I did not think the Saints were going to take a quarterback in this draft. They have a lot of money tied up in Taysom Hill. For some reason, they're still very pro-Taysom Hill down there in New Orleans. Drew Brees had comments this week about how he thinks Jameis is going to have a really nice year this year. Coming off the ACL, he's going to have his best year yet. He's really involved still, I think, Brees is. And they let him kind of pick the quarterback of the future, him and Sean Payton, and they went with Jameis. So as far as Nerlens goes, I think they've got to get help on the offensive line for Jameis, or they go defense on the interior or in somewhere else in the front seven. They could use some position players there, uh, in my opinion. But I, I, I really, you know, I, I'm still really nervous about the Steelers pick. That's just me. I want to puke right now. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, well, refrain from doing that if you can. Is we'll take a break once the Steelers make their picks so we can keep the tenseness in the room. Uh, and a lot of that tenseness for Steeler fans come with what they're doing 
or rather what the Saints are doing in front of them right now. We have a tweet. I hate to do your job for you, Ben, uh, from Pitt Football. Kenny Pickett has his cell phone up to his ear. He could be calling his mom. He could be. We don't know. He could be booking a hotel room for tonight. Small hands. <laughs> but that conversation is beginning as the Saints uh, will make their pick here at 19. Uh, again, Mickey Loomis, their general manager, as they trade up to get a wide receiver and Chris Olave at 11. So whoever their quarterback is going to be, they're going to have some decent weapons when you look at uh, oh, Michael Thomas. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. Oh, uh, man. And then another thing that we need to address oh. with the Saints. <laughs> All right. Th- okay. Um, this is great radio, guys. Another thing we need to address with the Saints, obviously, Another thing is we need to address is that soon-to-be WVU base- or WVU football walk on Hudson Clement has broken Martinsburg's stolen base record. Oh, congratulations. Um, that, uh, <laughs> Should uh, I keep it light? Uh, another thing we need to talk about when the Saints are concerned offensively is uh, their success long-term and next season has to do with what's going on with the court case with Alvin Kamara as to whether or not he's going to face time for his assault charges. But the pick is in at 19 for the Saints. Uh, Liam, and it's an offensive tackle position of need, like Tanner alluded to, as Northern Iowa's Trevor Penning comes off the board. Penning has very good size and measurables, good agility and power. I think he's a guy that could... Uh, definitely be uh, a strong starting tackle for for years to come. Uh, he plays upright at times. He could get knocked back. Not the best balance at times. Uh, needs refining a bit, and he plays a little bit undisciplined as well. Uh, looks to kind of finish blocks off a bit too early at times. So we'll see how Penning adjusts to the NFL, and, and we'll see uh, you know what kind of role he can play as a tackle going forward. Do you guys want to go radio silence for the Steelers pick, close the laptops, and wait for the commissioner so we get everybody's reaction all at the same time? I believe I think the they, other side of the room already do we, knows. Do you guys know? And I'm pretty I, sure I know. Liam saw something. I have not seen okay. anything being Let's confirmed. close the laptops close the here. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers that are going to make their it's selection. It's five here. minutes away. I know. Uh, it's been, not going to take them five minutes. Tomlin decided three months Put ago. Put your phone down, Liam. <laughs> Put so it the, down. <laughs> Liam's frozen, man. So He's the Pittsburgh frozen. Steelers. All right, you guys just breathe. Let me set this up. Uh, the Pittsburgh, Liam is standing up. He's taking the headphones off. The Pittsburgh Steelers are picking at twenty. We'll get that pick here in just a moment. Uh, nine and seven. Nine seven I, I, and sorry. I, I love the pick for the Saints. I okay. think that's a great pick. That is a very good pick for the Saints. I think it's a really important one, depending on who their quarterback's going to be that's next a, year. That's a guy that was mocked to them a lot, and it I was. think it's a very good fit. Kevin Colbert, the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, that were bang average in terms of passing the football last year, 15th as an offense. Running back, obviously, Najee Harris spent some time banged up. They were just 29th rushing the ball last year. On the defensive side of things, great against the pass. Dead last in the NFL uh, in rushing yards allowed. 24th in points scored uh, and 17th in points against. They possess seven picks in the first round, excuse me, including 20th overall that we'll have here in just a moment, and we'll get the live U92 reaction. It'll be Daniel Woods, by the way, the analyst, to break it down if he can, depending on how enraged he could be with this potential pick. They also possess a second, third, fourth, sixth, and two seventh-round picks. Leave it to ABC to go to commercial break to make the suspense just a little bit longer. By the way, coming up on the other side of the break, if I haven't been murdered or other things have not <laughs> deteriorated in this studio, uh, Jacob Janowski will rejoin the broadcast. We're going to take a look at U92's mock draft. That was done by four of us. How we stack up in terms of exact picks going in the first round. We've got a couple right, 
and uh, how many of the top 20 players chosen so far that we've gotten correct. So Jacob Janowski, who you heard hosting the pregame show, uh, will rejoin us here um, on the other side of this break after we get the Steelers pick in and talk about what U92 got right and got wrong. And by the way, we won't have coverage of the second through seventh round tomorrow or Sunday. That would be a, a lot of strain to put on our voices and our knowledge of the game. But somebody that has an encyclopedic knowledge, excuse me, stroked for just a second, is Daniel Woods, who put out his top 100 prospects. You can find that on U92themoose.com. Uh, 100 prospects deep means that Daniel is going to get I would venture to guess 80, and that's being conservative, 85% of the players that are going to hear their names called over the next two days will be players that will come off that list, if I'm correct, Daniel. Yes, and you can find all of those players as well in, in the U92 positional rankings, uh, which were posted as well. Uh, a little bit of an editing oversight on my part. There's 106 players in the positional rankings. Uh, but, uh, yeah, top 100 is them ranked 1 through 100. And then if you look at the United 2 positional rankings, uh, you can see 106 guys that I considered heavily for that top 100. Uh, you'll see them ranked by position, obviously, and you'll see my full scouting reports on each of those guys. So the pick to be made here in just a couple of moments for – the Pittsburgh Steelers. A couple of different directions this team can go. We talked about wide receiver. I think that was something that uh, Ben Mackey and Liam Bella might have been happy with, uh, but obviously a run on that possession. I don't think offensive line is where they could go right now. We talked about no man's land. We talked about potentially trading down, and we've talked a lot about Luke Wig stalling because they're in an ABC commercial break <laughs> and they're waiting for Roger Goodell to make the pick. The, the commercial for a doctor show with the kid from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, is that who that is? That's yeah, Freddie Highmore. That's the, the, oh. the nurse guy, the good doctor. The good doctor. Is, is Charlie Highmore? Freddie Highmore. Freddie Highmore. What did I say? Charlie Bucket. Charlie yeah. Bucket from Charlie <laughs> and the Chocolate Factory. His last Bucket. name was Bucket? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember that. Shout out to the Bucket family. Grandpa Joe, a total deadbeat. <laughs> oh, yeah. That dude is the worst. When he sat in the bed for the entire, until it was time to go to the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. Thriving. Grandpa Joe. Joe Bucket. Joey Bucket. Joe Buck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can we just come back to What is that? The Goldbergs. It's their final season, I'm pretty what? sure. I don't think I've seen a single. Dude, is the Goldbergs. Isn't that the show where they had to CGI the dad in because he quit? I think so. They CGI the dad in. All right, guys. We are now seeing a wide shot of the strip of beautiful Las Vegas home of the soon-to-be world champion Las Vegas Raiders, who will not have a pick in the first two rounds of the draft. <laughs> Las Vegas just doesn't look like a real city. You know what? That's, no, it doesn't. Am it... I the only person that they have not seen shown a single attractive angle of Vegas? Now, to be fair, Vegas There aren't looks, many. Well, Vegas looks a lot better in, in the dark, like with yeah, the lights. with everything lit up. But, like, all this, like, panning in to the draft. Well, you'd, you'd it, think they'd show, like, the casinos or something, but I don't think they're doing they that. They haven't shown I, the I, I don't, I don't think they're doing that because they have all the deals with the sports betting mm. online sources, so they don't want to promote other casinos. All right, gentlemen. What happened to the stage in the middle of the fountain? Yeah. No, that would have been – they were going to bring the people up on boats? Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so, 20th pick of the NFL draft coming up here. Oh, my goodness. Franco Harris. Franco – don't do this to Franco. He doesn't deserve <laughs> this. He doesn't deserve this. He looks this. nervous, man. I don't know if Franco likes it. Franco, Franco is Franco Harris has never happy. been nervous once Franco's in his not life. Happy. Look at Fra Franco's, Franco's pissed. Yeah, he is. Franco's upset. He's upset. Franco is staggered. Show Mean Joe. What's Mean Joe Green? He's probably throwing Coke bottles at the wall right now. At children, actually. <laughs> Thanks, Mean Joe. By the way, I'm starting to now realize that Franco Harris has a shocking resemblance to my first high school basketball coach. 
looks exactly like Cody. He's not nearly as hyped he's as trying that New York Giants kid. Up. Oh, yeah. They didn't bring Franco's, the Franco's trying to Franco's Italian up. army. Come on. <laughs> so Franco is. Yeah, he's really he's trying. trying. Franco's <laughs> trying to sell it. Franco's trying to sell it. So Franco Harris will make the pick here at pick 20 uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. In just a couple of moments, we've stalled long enough. Oh, man. As he comes to the podium oh, right now and gives Come on, the Franco! We've got four Steeler fans and a Raider fan in the room right now. Come on. And the pick will be made here in just a couple of moments as Franco Harris will make the selection. And the pick, the 20th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their terrible towels and their team full of renegades. Yeah, they don't look very uh, excited. Oh. I'm going to get fired. Kenny Pickett quarterback out of Pittsburgh. I'm going to get canceled. These people don't seem very excited. The Steelers fans there. I Do you see the buzz in this room? No, well, I Kenny don't. Pickett looks excited. And he is the selection, Daniel Woods, uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 20th overall, Mr. Pickett uh, will stay at Heinz Field. He's not a good quarterback. He's just not a good quarterback. He writes checks that his arms can't cash. He does not have the arm strength to throw the ball down the field in an NFL offense. Yeah, nice t-shirt with the jacket, scumbag. <laughs> I just don't. I just don't have an understanding of what makes you make this decision with the 20th overall pick. This is a guy that was barely a top 50 prospect for me. I get the allure. I think he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how long he'll be able to do it. I don't think he'll be able to do it at a very high level. If you want somebody to come in and complete, compete with Mitch Trubisky, sure, why not? But uh, this is a guy that, like I said, has arm strength questions. Uh, I, the accuracy is fine. He did it over a one-year period. The first four years uh, of his career at Pitt caused some pretty big concern for me because uh, you plug a guy with experience into an off, a good offensive line, an improved offensive line, and an improved offensive play caller with what Mark Whipple was able to do there, and you're going to expect a guy to improve. I, I just don't necessarily like this being the guy at number 20. If you were going to get a quarterback in this draft that was going to finish as a top half quarterback in the league at any point, I would have, I would have said that it would have been Malik Willis. I think Kenny Pickett can be a bottom half starting quarterback who can be relatively productive. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's talented. He's polished. He's the most polished passer in the draft. I just think that the ceiling is very low compared to some other guys that you could have gotten in this spot. I would have rather seen the Steelers go with somebody other than a quarterback than to take Kenny Pickett here. He's not a guy that I would have had in the first round, as we do have a trade yeah. with the Patriots moving 21 to the Chiefs. Chiefs just traded Aaron Rodgers is going to lose his mind. Yes, but as just to wrap, wrap things up for the Steelers, Pickett 20, I think Kenny Pickett can be a fine NFL quarterback. I do not see him as someone that is worth taking in the first round because if you're taking a quarterback in the first round, I would expect them to be good enough to finish in the top half of NFL quarterbacks uh, for at least a decent chunk of their career, and I just simply do not see him having the tools to be able to do that. I think that part of it is the oversaturation of great quarterbacks we've seen the last couple of years. I also think that the Steelers know that Kenny Pickett can play at Heinz Field. And that's a big part of this. This isn't Daniel Jones out of Duke. There's a major difference there where we know that this guy can play in the cold weather. We know that this dude, he's played in big moments. I mean, he really has. I, I think that a lot of the animosity for these Steelers fans, including myself, is the fact that we are moving off a 
Hall of Fame quarterback that you only see once every so often. And so it's just a tough pill to swallow. It's at the same time you're losing Ben Roethlisberger, and you know this guy's just not Ben Roethlisberger. And so you've got to be able to see what he can do. And I think that the Steelers really knew what they were doing. And Kevin Colbert, he misses sometimes. But really, I I think the stat was something like 17 out of his 22 first-round picks have gotten second contracts. He doesn't really make mistakes that often. Yeah, as of late, we have some more fresh wounds in our minds. But really, that hasn't been the case. The other thing is, we've never seen Mike Tomlin have to develop a quarterback. That's true. And and so, there is a lot of different moving parts to this Kenny Pickett draft. They bring in a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who they know they can rely on to go in there and at least game manage this stuff. They give him a short-term deal because they know they're going to be willing to turn the keys over to Kenny Pickett now at this point, who... I feel better about. I didn't know if they were going to have to reach because I thought Kenny Pickett was going to Carolina. I'm not going to lie. And, and so they didn't have to reach. They get the guy they wanted at the end of the day who's staying in Pittsburgh. And they hired a second QB's coach to only work with this guy. I think that this is a more long-term move rather than he's going to start week one. Uh, and by the way, that that's my biggest takeaway. I think I'm the biggest Kenny Pickett fan here is that you guys got him and you didn't have to trade up for him. Uh, did you guys want to add anything? Our two Steeler fans want to yeah. give you the opportunity before we go to break. Yeah, here. I mean, yeah, Kenny Pickett's used to playing at Heinz Field in front of 64 people. I mean, <laughs> I think I think that's a good line. I think Malik. I, like that I think Malik Willis was the pick here. If you're going to take a quarterback, he just has way more upside. I agree with Daniel. He has way more upside than Kenny Pickett. I think Pickett, out of all the quarterbacks, is, you're right, the the one that could come in and start day one, but they just signed Mitch Trubisky. They don't need a guy that is going to come in and start day one. I'd be shocked if he is that guy, because then, why do they sign Mitch Trubisky? I don't think it's going to happen. I just, I, I, I don't know what the plan is for the Steelers in the future, The quarterbacks that they are going to have to go up against in the AFC for the next 10 or 15 years, I don't think Kenny Pickett could clean their shoes. I mean... It's it's just such a gap. I hope he comes in and lights the world on fire. I just don't think it's going to happen when they're going to have to beat Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, maybe Mac Jones, Derek Carr, Lamar sure, Jackson, Lamar Jackson, the Chargers. Deshaun Watson's in the division now. I, right. I, I want to get Liam's thoughts as well because I don't want to give a Steelers fan not an opportunity to talk. It's a weird pick. Just to tell you the pick is, we'll circle back around to it. I think Daniel likes this one. I don't. Trent McDuffie goes off the board 21st to Kansas City, a zone corner out of Washington to the Chiefs at 21. But, Liam, you want to conclude the pick of conversation? Yeah, not really happy with the pick. Um, you know, I had a, a few notes on Kenny Pickett. Now, the, the thing for me was, as a obviously a Steelers fan – like you said, you don't trade up for the quarterback, so that's a big deal, I think. I mean, if we traded up for Kenny Pickett, I might have there it would have been bad. Uh, but you get a guy that's it makes it easier to to digest that they didn't have to move up for him. Yeah, but it also kind of makes it worse as well. You get the the quarterback <laughs> that I mean, Colbert said he was going to get the the heir to the throne, I guess, and I mean the I think the the Pittsburgh connection's extremely relevant here. Um, you know, he, he's going to be 24 years old now coming in as a rookie. Uh he should be ready for it at the very least. Uh the experience is there. 
sure. I, I know sorry. You, and I, I know you guys might find me annoying, but I do want to be the person to say that I think it's a good pick. And I think you guys can be competitive with Kenny Pickett. And uh, I, I don't wish you the best because that's a, a spot that we're going to be uh, competing with, uh, obviously, a playoff spot with you guys. Daniel Woods, we got to take a break, but 30 seconds. Trent, I know we're breaking order here. I apologize, Liam. Trent McDuffie from Washington's a zone corner goes off the board here at 21. I hate it. You like it. Tell us why before we take the break. In terms of value, I like Trent McDuffie. Like you said, I don't necessarily get the fit with the Patriots because they they generally go with somebody that's a – or it's the Chiefs. It's sorry. The Chiefs. It's the Chiefs. Uh, but still, I don't necessarily love the fit. He's a guy that can, can get out and run and, and can cover, but he's not particularly physical. He's going to need to work on that. And going into the AFC West where you're dealing with Keenan Allen Devontae and Devontae Adams and Mike Williams uh, and Cortland Sutton – I don't necessarily love the pick. I think he's a very talented player. I had him around the top 15 in terms of total talent. I just don't love the fit with the Chiefs. All right, we're going to step aside for just a moment. We'll give you Green Bay's pick. <laughs> Trent, uh, Trent Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not a happy man, but we'll see who he's going, who his new teammate was going to be when we return from this break, and we'll bring Jacob Janowski into the conversation as well. As you're listening to coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft, 91.7 FM U92. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips that you plan in advance, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends for which you make a group chat three months before so that nobody or anything is missing? Or your daughter's first birthday party? You planned it with such dedication that instead of the first, it felt like our quince's. The same way you plan each detail for those moments. Start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Protecting your family is the best plan you can make. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Do you feel you've been discriminated against when seeking to rent or purchase a home? Have you wondered what a reasonable accommodation is? Help is available. The Fairmont Morgantown Housing Authority offers fair housing outreach and education for the general public, real estate professionals, property owners, city officials, and more. More information is available at 304-363-0860, extension 121. Fair housing for all. It's not just a right, it's the law. Disclaimer, fair housing outreach and education is brought to the community via generous funding from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. Ever wanted to get into college radio? Or just get your voice out there? The Moose is always hiring volunteers. All are welcome. Just visit u92themoose.com and at the menu, click Staff and Contact or... Join U92 The Moose. We hope to see you.
Blake's here, Daniel Woods, Tanner Lambert, Liam Bellin, and Ben Mackey as uh, some lethargic Steeler fans in the room with them taking Kenny Pickett at 20. Trent McDuffie, the quarterback, cornerback out of Washington, going 21st to Kansas City. Uh, and, Daniel, really quickly, we had a pick during the break. Another member of that Georgia defense, Quay Walker. And like I said, I don't know a ton about Mr. Walker. He wasn't the guy that I spent the most time researching when it came to the NFL draft. Uh, plays linebacker and an interesting position at that. Yeah, Quay Walker, a very late riser in the draft. This is somebody that a lot of people had marked for the Cowboys coming up uh, at 24. But he goes 22 here uh, to the Packers. I really like the tools. He just needs a little bit more production. He's extremely rangy at six foot three, 241 pounds. He's got the frame to play on the edge, but he was really uh, more of a, a true off-ball linebacker for Georgia alongside N'Kobe Dean. It was really a, a big rotation at linebacker for those guys. They played a lot of nickel. Uh, they didn't have three linebackers on the field very often. He ro rotated a lot with Channing Tindall, who I expect to be a day-two pick. Uh, but he's a long athlete who really thrives in space. He's a very fluid mover, uh, but he is a run stopper at heart. He's always around the football. He's like shot out of a gun when he's going to the football. He explodes uh, against the run. He's got really, really good awareness coming downhill, takes great routes to the football. Uh, for a, a team coming up in Green Bay that is going to have to deal with offenses like – Minnesota that has Dalvin Cook and like Chicago that has David Montgomery and now a running quarterback in Justin Fields. This is a guy that can come downhill, extremely athletic, lower the boom on guys uh, and really make plays. He has the ceiling to be an outstanding cover linebacker. He just needs to tighten up the technique. Uh, like I said, a late riser based on potential. I really like the pick. Forgive me. Did I say we had a trade of 23? We did. We did. Oh, I didn't say that. Uh, ben, we have a trade of 23. Uh, yes, the Bills trade with the Ravens. Bills get 23. Ravens get 25 and 130. The Ravens got 23 in the trade with the Cardinals where they sent Hollywood Brown and pick 100. Brandon Bean and the 11-6 and six Buffalo Bills that won the AFC East. What are they trading up for here, Tanner? I, I really don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's... I like the say, honesty because I don't need Because, know. I mean, you would say there's one need that this team really needs is running back, but you feel like... You wouldn't I mean, trade up for a running back. Well, any running back that you want is going to be there. There's no reason to trade up. So you wonder what it's going to – like, I, I really don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, as I look through who's still available, maybe they go Linderbaum. I don't know, you know, to help – because Mitch Morris is getting a little bit older. I, I, I It's just tough to say there um, because, you know, I, I, I like to use CBS Sports. Tyler Linderbaum's their number nine prospect overall, still on the board. Uh, I think a lot of people felt he might have been gone by now. Hey, Jam Jermaine Johnson, yeah, Jermaine maybe. Johnson was the like, player I was like. I, I think that that would be a good pick there. And, and if not him, uh, Andrew Booth Jr. Like if they want to bolster that secondary, they did lose Levi Wallace, to right, Pittsburgh, right, and, and, and probably so, were looking to add another corner there. In the so first maybe it's Dax Hill. I, I I don't know, but I, I would say now that I look at it, maybe more somebody that bolster that secondary because I think Levi Wallace. Uh, Brandon Bean was not happy that he was gone. Uh, I saw that on Pat McAfee's show. He was a little disappointed they weren't able to retain Wallace up there in Buffalo. Brandon Bean's been the general manager up there in Buffalo since 2017. In 2021, they took Greg Rousseau, didn't pick in the first round of 2020, and went defensive line again in 2019 when they took Big Ed Oliver. They possessed eight picks in the first round. Well, now seven since they made that trade. Uh, they'll pick in the second, third, fourth, 
two and the six, the fifth and the seventh as well. Was there something you wanted to add there, Ben? My yeah, uh, it's back to the Steelers, but Rappaport says that the Steelers would have been fine with four quarterbacks, but Pickett was their number one. Interesting. Four. Yeah, Colbert said it was an unexpected thing that, that he was still available. That's there. horrifying. It is. It four, really right, is. Four quarterbacks: Willis, Pickett, Corral. Corral because of the scheme. We right. talked about that, yeah. and then surely Sam Howell. Well, or Desmond Ritter. Uh, interesting. Or it's Carson Strong. I don't know. <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Or it's Bailey Zappi. I don't know. All right. The pick will be made by Buffalo here in just a moment, and then I want to bring uh, Jacob Janowski into the conversation, not just to talk about U92's mock draft and how successful we were, uh, but Cowboys, the evil empire, will be picking at 24, and we'll get a Cowboys fan's uh, live reaction for that we're up to 23 now it's uh, back to our analyst and liam bell and we'll get to him in just a second for uh, a buffalo team that was one of the most if not the most statistically impressive teams in the nfl last year ninth in passing yards sixth in rushing yards the number one passing defense in the nfl 13th against the run scored the fourth most points in the league and allowed the fewest of any team as they go 11 and 6 and look to build around josh allen and a team that has tried and tried and tried to draft the running back, but has been unsuccessful so far. So as Tanner alluded to, that could be a position you could see here. Wide receiver wouldn't have been out of the question. However, recent events with six of them going in the first 18 picks uh, would lead you to believe that the smart money would not be the Buffalo Bills taking a wide receiver. By the way, I'll say as an aside, uh, it was less than two weeks ago. I was up in Buffalo, went by the Bills stadium. Disgusting. Buffalo... You guys need an upgrade, guys. But, 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 you know, some of the dump stadiums are what makes stuff great still. You know, well, all of these stadiums. They are getting a new stadium. Well, right. Yeah. Is that official? Yeah. 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 I thought they weren't going to the get the They were going to get one, but they wanted to move it downtown, and the fans said no. No, they got $800 million no, either I think from the still city of Buffalo Orchard or the Park. state. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the pick made by Buffalo at 23, Liam, and another defensive back is it's uh, two cornerbacks in the last three picks. This one, Kair Elam out of Florida. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that kind of got late buzz as kind of sliding into the end of the first round there. We've seen a lot of Florida defensive backs do that in recent times. Uh, he's a big build, a bigger athlete, uh, you know, kind of the, the prototypical build that you might want. He's really smooth with his movements, and he's pretty good at man coverage. So uh, I think there's a, a lot to be excited about with him. Uh, at the same time, he's not quite the, the most agile. I mentioned the speed before, but uh, he could have problems uh, you know, with timing of routes and, and how he breaks on them. Uh, so we'll see what Elon projects as. I feel like there are definitely corners that people are higher on, and uh, we'll, we'll see if that was a potential scheme fit uh, that, that we were looking at, or, or rather just the presumed to be the best corner available on their board but regardless uh, I think there's some some hope for Elam to be a solid corner in the league it's just trying to refine some things at the top of routes and you know just trying to uh, better complete himself as a corner in the NFL let's bring Jacob Janowski into the conversation right now we'll get his thoughts on the Cowboys who will be picking here 24 in just a second but we mentioned Daniel's top 100 prospects which you can find on our website u92themoose.com you can also find uh, U92 staff mock draft. Uh, Jacob Janowski has compiled the results for the first 20 picks or so. Jacob, tell us what we got exactly right and uh, how many players we predicted correctly in the top 20 or so. You guys got about a, you know, a 1 in 4 uh, accuracy rate, which it could be better, but could also be much worse. So let's go through it. 
you got the first two correct with uh, Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. I think those two would have gone either way, switch them, switch them back and forth. Ahmad Gardner, you guys got right at number four for the Jets. And then you guys did get Garrett Wilson correct at number 10 to the Jets as well. Um, you guys got one more correct, kind of. Burks went 18 uh, to the Titans in the real draft. In your draft, he went 18, but to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So he, he went to the right spot. I mean, you gotta give you, you guys gotta give yourselves credit for that. So overall, I think you guys did very okay. <laughs> I appreciate. I appreciate that. Uh, very okay. Very okay. Says Jacob Janowski. We'll keep the microphone your way. Oh my goodness, that could not look more like a supervillain. They're showing the Cowboys draft room right now. Lex Luthor. What's left Stephen of Jerry Jones? A. Stephen it's made Emperor the call. Palpatine. Stephen made the call on Taco Charlton. Yeah, he completely blamed his But it his was son Jerry who made the call on Micah. All right, Jacob, what are they doing here? I, uh, if they pick someone offensive, I'm going to run through the window. Um, but they won't. It's Gary Spivey. Uh, <laughs> they need secondary help, I think. Uh, that's the, they got I, I think burned the, a lot. Of the, the psychic telephone network. I think it could be Dax Hill here. I, I really like Dax Hill. I think he's a great player. So but. With the way Jerry's been talking about Michigan players, I don't know if they take a guy out of Michigan just because of what happened last time with Taco around the same spot. Jacob Lamar Jackson not happy nah. with the trade to ho- of Hollywood right? Brown. Yeah, I think they are. They are no, cousins. no, Hollywood it's Brown Antonio, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's yeah, Antonio cousin. Brown. Yeah. Yes, but, but still very, not very close. Just give his cousin. Not I mean, happy. Antonio Brown's stable. No, Jacob, <laughs> we'll we'll throw it to the we'll throw it to the the U ninety two staff mock draft. Uh, with this pick for Dallas because I was the one that made it. I went with Devin Lloyd uh, out of Utah, uh, the the linebacker. I want to get your thoughts here. My thinking there, you've got Micah Parsons already, who's a big-time playmaker. You're not sure about Leighton Vander Esch health-wise, and and I really like Devin Lloyd. He was a top-10 prospect for me that's available here at 24. I don't disagree with your uh, decision there completely, but Vander Esch was actually pretty healthy last year. He, I think he played 15 games, which is like – Almost the whole season for him. Um, so I don't think linebacker is necessarily an issue for the Cowboys right now. And like I said, I think a corner would be really nice. Um, I like Diggs, but at the same time, like, this dude, he gets burned so much. And, yes, he had 12 picks, but that's because quarterbacks were comfortable throwing to him. So I don't really – I don't know. It's, maybe an in- interior defensive lineman, I wouldn't mind that either. Devontae Wyatt's still sitting out there. I – yeah, I don't. I don't I know. I also what I feel want. like the Cowboys take a linebacker every single round, yeah. every <laughs> single first round, like the last like seven. You, years. you have Jermaine Johnson still they, available they, here too. I, I I like him. Yeah. as a fit on the Cowboys, and then Andrew Booth Jr. hasn't gone yet either, right? Or did he? Right, he's he's still on the board. Right, so I I think that that's a nice pick at cornerback. Uh, CBS Sports has him ranked as the 16th overall prospect, um, a guy coming out of Clemson. So he's played against top talent, but I. You know, you, you've been talking about the Jermaine Johnson slide. I hope I think that that's a great pick anywhere at this point moving forward, uh, just as a best player available kind of deal. He's not my best player available, but I'm sure on a lot of people's boards he is. Uh, there's a, a few guys that I have ahead of him right now. Uh, but like I said, a guy that was considered in the back half of the top 10 uh, that is dangerously close to sliding out of the top 25. Pick is in. Let's get this rolling. I don't have the bike in front of me. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, the pick is in. And, Jacob, I'm not sure you're going to be happy with this one. As they go offensive line, 
with Tulsa's Tyler Smith. That's not bad. Left tackle prospect, and it, it's my pick to my pick to break this one down. So I'll go ahead and, and take a look at Tyler Smith. This is a guy uh, with some pretty serious upside uh, coming out of Tulsa, uh, but he's somebody that is gonna need some work. Is the biggest thing for me. He's six foot five, three hundred and twenty four pounds. He's a little bit like baby Iki Aquanu, if I would have to say so. He's very athletic. He's got really heavy hands, uh, but he's going to need a lot of technique work. He can get beat to the outside by quicker moves. They played Ohio State, and the, the Big Ten guys on the other side of the table here are going to be able to tell you that Tyreek Smith is not a high-end pass rusher in the Big Ten. Tyreek Smith gave Tyler Smith fits. Uh, so... I look at this guy. He's very handsy. He had 12 holding calls in 2021. You're going to need to completely rebuild his technique from the bottom up, but he's got the mean streak. Uh, he's got the physicality, and he's got the athleticism to be a very good left tackle. This is a pretty good upside pick, I think, but not necessarily somebody that I would have taken at 24. I I don't mind the pick, to be honest. You, you, you loot, you've lost some of your offensive line over the offseason. And whenever you, the Cowboys seem to draft somebody um, from on an offensive line early, they seem to do pretty well. I so I could see him getting the work in the off season, and I think that he could become a very solid tackle. And I don't mind. And I just want to see Zeke get over a thousand yards within the first sixteen games again. And I do I think Zeke? I still think he's one of the best backs in the league in part because of his pass blocking. I think that's his most valuable asset. He's added years on a deck. I think career. he's a fraud. He's not. Wow. But anyway, so I think it's it's a it's a risky pick, but if it if it pays off, it'll it'll work wonders, I think. Yeah, and you look at this offensive line, you look at the tackle position in particular, because I don't necessarily know that Tyler Smith is a guy that you can kick in. Uh, to guard at least right away with those technique issues. Yeah, he's not starting right away. No. Uh, you've got, at right tackle, you've got Terrence Steele, who was a 2020 undrafted free agent and has not been good, but has started 27 of the 32 career Ugh. games that he's played uh, at right tackle. And then you've got Tyron Smith at left tackle, who's 31, and you have locked up long term. So Tyler Smith is not a tomorrow pick, that's for sure. Uh, but he's a, a guy that I think has a pretty high ceiling. You've got Tyron Smith, like I said, locked up through 2023. That's his age 33 season. Uh, so you're not going to see Tyler Smith on the field right away, that's for sure. All right, well, go ahead and say goodbye to Jacob Janowski, our resident RA. He's not here, so nobody's watching the farm, which means your tenant's probably have flooded the floor. No. So no. good l- no. <laughs> I hope that's not happening. I went through that last year. I'm not. Oh. No. Wow. No. That's a story no. for another day. Yeah, it is a story for another day. Uh, I'll see you guys later. I don't know when, but you'll, you'll see me around. All right, Jacob Janowski, you'll see me around. Uh, hear me, Tim. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> 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 Just threw a chair over. He's in pain out in the lobby. Uh, ben, do we have something over there? Uh, yeah, it's not NFL, but uh, this interesting in the college athletics landscape. Miami, what did Hudson Clement do now? Miami, uh, Isaiah, Miami's Wong. Isaiah Wong. He'll, he says he'll enter the transfer portal tomorrow if his NIL compensation is not increased. I did see that tweet. That was a very wild interesting. Tweet. That is interesting. For, that's a, a first. And Miami's played a lot, played I was, a lot of people in NIL. I was not sold on the NIL is the death of college sports conversation before. This is concerning. I don't know if because this is an eight. This is his agent for the NFL draft that is making these demands. Ah, I see. Interesting. That's interesting. 
Uh, or the you, NBA draft. If you need sorry. some other sports news, uh, the NHL playoffs seem pretty much solidified. Like if we got them, got them. Yeah, the everybody Eastern is, Conference. Everybody for is sure. clinched. Uh, everybody cares, no cares about the Eastern no, Conference. Everybody's clinched. It, yeah, no. So I, yeah. Go ahead and run through those. You we go. got Baltimore so on the clock. In the East, you got Florida playing Washington, and then you got Carolina playing Boston. You've got Tampa and Toronto, and then you've got Pittsburgh and New York. That's a terrible draw for the Pens. It really is. No, better. it's better than it will than it could be. It could be the Panthers. I wouldn't want to play the Rangers. Right I don't want to. I don't want to face Shesterkin. But I certainly don't want to play the President's Trophy winners with this team. I, I don't disagree. In the West, you've got Nashville and Colorado. Dallas. I'll take 10 minutes. Yeah, Dallas is playing Calgary. Edmonton and Los Angeles, which I think could be a good series. And then the Blues, they got jobbed a little bit. What? The Wild win in overtime tonight. They, the, the, if they would have tied the Blues, yeah, know, the Blues yeah. would have been the two But seed. we thought it was going to be the Wild for a while. Well, but you came hot down the stretch. You beat the Wild. You haven't lost to the Wild in regulation in two and a half years since Craig Berube yeah. took over. I'm so aware. So you don't get home ice against them, but they did have home ice in the Winter Classic. That didn't help them very much. Uh, the Blues play the Wild. Yeah, that was that was a funny uh game because that was when the blues took to the bus was it like minus 10 that day yeah, in Minnesota? yeah and, and they're the f- all wearing like the floral yeah, shir- shirts yeah. and, the, and the shorts or whatever so i'm sure uh that'll bring it back let's run through the picks of the nfl draft so far uh, it's uh, an absolute mouthful is at 25 the ravens are on the clock right now uh have having already selected kyle hamilton at 14 so let's run through the picks and uh, hopefully by the time I'm done, we'll get very close to who number 25 will be. Javon Walker goes first, the edge rusher to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and another edge rusher in Aiden Hutchinson going second to the Lions. Derek Stingley out of LSU, the cornerback going third to the Texans, and another corner going off the board then to Ahmad Gardner, or rather Ahmad Gardner going to the Jets. That's Mr. Sauce himself. Kayvon Thibodeau going fifth to the Giants. Um, he's a defensive end. Akim Kwanwu and Evan Neal back-to-back tackles go Aquanu to the Panthers, Evan Neal to the Giants, Drake London wide receiver going to the Falcons at eight, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle going ninth to the Seahawks, Ohio State's Garrett Wilson going to the Jets at 10, he's a wide receiver, as is his teammate Chris Olave, who goes next to the Saints at 11, Jamison Williams, another wide receiver uh, from Alabama, goes 12th to the Lions, Jordan Davis going to the Eagles at 13, he's out of Georgia, Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame going 14th. To the Baltimore Ravens and the Houston Texans picking again at 15. Take Kenyon Green. He's an interior offensive lineman. Jahan Dotson, the Nittany Lion himself, the wide receiver going 16th to just the well, just Washington. Who cares? Zion Johnson, the interior lineman from Boston College, going to the Chargers at 17. Traylon Burks, the wide receiver, going 18th to the Titans. Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa, going to the Saints at 19. Kenny Pickett, the quarterback. From Pitt to Pitt, he stays in Pittsburgh. Trent McTuffie, the cornerback out of Washington, going to Kansas City. I have to say, and I don't mean to pick a – I don't know why it's standing out to me so much, but it is by far my least favorite pick of the first round. I don't McDuffie? know – Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. It's well, just not especially sitting with for me well. a team – like, you know, I get it. It's the Tyron Matthew replacement probably, right? Or something to help out. I don't know if he's – Enough of a tackler to play safe. Yeah, I, he's I, not. I, well, I get what you're saying. Right. But if you want a Tyron that's Matthew, why I think it's a, a bad Tyron pick. Matthew replacement, you take Dax Hill. Yeah, I don't disagree. So yeah, I, so I, I just I, sign Tyron Matthew. Or yeah. that too. He's still available. But you know, I I figured they'd trade up to try to take a receiver. They didn't do that. They're still talking about Pickett, <laughs> trying to make everybody mad here. Um, it's just a weird move for Kansas City. Yeah, in it, my opinion, it definitely is. Uh, the other picks, Quay Walker. 
Ooh, interesting. Interesting for the Ravens. I really like this pick. We'll get to it in a second. Uh, Quay Walker, the linebacker from Georgia, going 22nd to the Packers. Kyrie Elam, the defensive back, the cornerback from Florida, going to the Bills at 23. Tyler Smith, out of Tulsa, going to the Evil Empire and the Dallas Cowboys. Jacob Janowski's Dallas Cowboys. And, uh, Liam, we'll go ahead and start with you. It's been a while since we have a pick, and we owe you a break. We'll take it after this one. I love Tyler Linderbaum. Many people are calling him the greatest center prospects. What was it since Jason Kelsey or ever? A com- or Jason Kelsey is his professional comp. Okay, out of Iowa, the center goes to the Ravens at twenty-five. So Linderbaum, an elite run blocker. He's a guy that's uh, got a really high motor. Finishes every play. Obviously, won the Remington Award uh, last or this past season as the best center in the country. I think he's undersized. I think he could struggle a bit in pass protection. But, again, you're talking about a, a generational-type center, if you will, and uh, the Ravens go get it, go ahead and get him. I think that's a, a good pick uh, for what they're doing. I think they're having a decent night. Again, I think uh, the, the Hollywood trade from earlier, I think that could benefit them and, and what they've gotten in return. I think that uh, getting Linderbaum solidifies that center spot for a while. I'm not concerned that he's going to be able – or I am concerned, I mean, I'm not uh, fully sure if he's going to be able to battle with some of the uh, biggest bodies in the trenches when it comes to pass protection. But, I mean, as a center, he's really going to be able to to pave the way, I think, for uh, a rushing attack that really needs some help. Uh, so I like the pick for the Ravens, and I think that Linderbaum's got potential to be one of the top centers in the league for sure. Uh, it appears we have a trade, uh, Ben, that we want to get to here. Yep, the Titans have traded back again. The trade, they trade the, the 26th Jets. pick to the Jets. Uh, Dax Hill. Don't know on compensation. Man, don't know be. on compensation yet, uh, but now the Jets are on the clock here at 26. That's just my guess, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and step aside, take a break. We'll come back with this Jets pick, and we'll reset as it's the Jets that have traded up to 26. And they'll make the pick when we return. You're listening to coverage of the NFL Draft on 91.7 FM U92. Join U92 Saturdays, 10 p.m. to midnight for a journey through the audio swamp. An uncultured but not uncivilized excursion through a broad audio spectrum. And we'll throw in a few curves just for fun. Saturdays, 10 to midnight, on the Moose. WWVU FM Morgantown. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. <coughs> when I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. <coughs> They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt Pure Love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Pick up a copy of the Daily Athenaeum every Thursday morning from a newsstand on campus. 
The Daily Athenaeum is WVU's independent, student-run newspaper, reporting on what matters to you. Reporting by students, for students. Pick up a copy today and read more at thedaonline.com. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. As the Jets have traded up to 26 to make another selection in the first round, to be followed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Vikings. We got the pick coming in. We'll go to Daniel Woods in just a minute. But we're hearing rumblings in the Twitter sphere, Ben Mackey, that uh, a certain quarterback in Baltimore is not having a good night in relation to his team's picks. Yes, Lamar Jackson is not happy with <laughs> what the Ravens have done. And I think the Ravens have had a very good draft. They take Linderbaum and Kyle Hamilton, both fell. Uh, A really good night for the Ravens, I think, unfortunately, for us Steelers fans. But Lamar not happy. Marquise Brown gets traded away to the Cardinals. And then they take a center and a safety, so not any skill positions to help Lamar. Uh, So... Not having a good night, and he's not afraid to, to tell Twitter about it. Well, I think we can all agree that the team picking right now is having a heck of a draft, Daniel, especially with – go ahead, Ben, do you have uh, something? And the Jaguars have just made a trade, and they're, they traded with uh, Tampa Bay for t- pick 27. It's a smart pick by Tampa. We'll get to that in just a second. The slide has been stopped. Heck of a steal here by the, uh, the Jets to take Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher out of Florida State, Daniel, who's fallen to 26. That's right, and Jermaine Johnson is a guy that – a lot of people thought had a chance to go in the top 10. I had him as my 17th overall prospect. We've talked about this slide uh, all night, really, since we got outside really the top 15. Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network is a guy that I really respect. His scouting process had Johnson as his ninth overall prospect. Now the Jets get him at 26. Uh, He's a twitchy athlete who was very productive. This is a guy that was at Georgia, was part of that defensive line rotation up until this past year. He bet on himself, wanted to prove he was an every-down guy, transferred to Florida State, and completely flourished. 6'4", 254 pounds, explodes off of the edge, very high motor, always keeps himself in the play, uh, and uh, he's just a guy that finishes plays He's got power. Uh, He's got a little bit of nastiness when it comes to getting the football. He could use a little bit of tightening up when it comes to his rush moves going towards the quarterback, and he could do to be a little bit more flexible coming off of the edge. But this is a guy uh, that 
was certainly a top 20 talent for me. He was a top 10 talent for a lot of people. And for the Jets to get him at 26, to go with Garrett Wilson, a lot of people's number one receiver, and Sauce Gardner, a lot of people's number one corner, and some people's number one prospect, this is an outstanding first round for the Jets. Yeah, and to your point, Daniel, the Jets, according to some reports, considered him at 10. And yeah. they wow. get they get exactly. him at 26. Wow. Great pick there. I want to get to best player available from each of our uh, uh, big boardies, if you will. Great point, by the way, because I want to work the Raiders into the broadcast a couple of times uh, by one of their beat reporters that tweeted out just a moment ago, had the Raiders hung on to 22, they would have been shut out of top wide receivers. So I, I think they're sitting pretty, not just because they got Devontae Adams, but they would have had no choice but to either trade up or – forget taking a wide receiver in the first round guys we've got six picks left in the draft jacksonville will make their pick here in just a couple of moments and we'll break it down but i want to talk about best player available so a lot of the names that everybody knew coming into this draft are off the board obviously the walkers and the hutchinsons and the londons and whoever so daniel we'll start with you six picks left in the first round uh give us your big board the best players available right now uh, right now it's Devin Lloyd and it's not close. He was my number 10 overall prospect coming into the night. And the linebacker position has somewhat been devalued in the draft over the last couple of years. But he's a guy that I would have had no problem using a top 10 pick on. Uh, beyond that, it's at least my second guy is David Ojabo, who for obvious reasons is probably going to slide out of the first round. Achilles tear at his pro day. He's a guy that I love. He's a guy that I think is going to have a very big NFL career. He was a top 15 guy for me. Uh, and then just to round out, you, you want me to give the top five remaining? Yeah, please. Uh, I've got Devin Lloyd off the top, then David Ajabo, and then his Michigan teammate, Daxton Hill, who Tanner's been talking about a lot tonight. A guy that I really like, guy that can play slot corner, play free safety. He can run and cover. He can come down in, in run support as well. Another linebacker, I've got Nakobe Dean as my fourth best player available. Another guy out of Georgia, outstanding cover linebacker as a Mike. A little bit undersized, but he's a guy that makes plays. And then I've got another safety as my fifth guy, another guy from Georgia, that's Lewis Seen, uh, who was all over the place for them as a safety uh, really all season. Another late riser in the draft that may not get into the first round, uh, but is certainly a playmaker, a really good run-stopping safety, uh, who's just an absolute bullet to the football. Best players available for you, Tanner? A lot of agreement or disagreement? Oh, I, I, I have a lot of agreement with him, but I think that my number one is, is Daxton Hill. Uh, and, and so you wonder, you see the Jags trade back into the first round. Yeah, we could. Um, and, and so I think maybe that's a spot that they could take a guy like him at. Uh, but another guy that's still available, too, I, I, I don't, I was really reading close, so I don't know if Daniel said it or not, but it's Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. Uh, he's a cornerback, too, that's played in a lot of big games. He, he, we've seen what he can do. Um, and, and so I think there's a lot of good defensive players left. As far as receiver and whatnot go, who knows, but I, I do have to agree then Devin Lloyd as well out of Utah, who had a great year in the Pac-12. I would agree so too. Um, and a compensation update, Jags get the 27th pick from the Bucks. The Bucks in turn get 33, 106, and 180. So uh, did you say this during the break or did I dream it? You have a list running of all the trades that are made in the first round? I do, yeah. Okay, and so I can, we we'll can do it at the here. end. We'll, get, here. we'll get, yeah. get that here in a minute. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, the Jaguars pick is in, but it is a commercial break that is holding us uh, between getting the Jaguars selection. You know, Liam Bellin, you may not be the happiest Pittsburgh Steelers fan right now based with how this first round has gone, but you surely have to be in a better state of mind than a Packers fan right now. Who pick at 28? Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, you know, the, the Packers, I've said it as a neutral, obviously uh, not a neutral supporter of the NFL, but rather just not really love or hate of the Packers. 
for years now that Aaron Rodgers, other than Devontae Adams, was throwing the ball to a bunch of nobodies. I mean, Rodgers was making names out of Alan Lazard, who's decent and has come into his own in the NFL, but that's more recent. I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was He's not there anymore. Yeah, was a deep threat. Uh, I mean, over the years, you look at some of the guys that he's thrown the football to, and it's just, where did this guy even come from? So, uh, for me, I think if you're a Packers fan, and it's been years that you haven't gotten the receiver in the first round, we keep talking about, oh, this draft's deep in receiver, this draft's deep in receiver. You go get Amari Rodgers a few years ago who hasn't done a thing in the NFL. You haven't given him an opportunity to do anything other than return kicks. You go get A.J. Dillon in the first round, another running back when you have Aaron Jones. I mean, I would be livid if I was Rodgers. I just don't understand what's going on uh, up top for the Packers. I really thought that they could potentially move up for a wide receiver, and they didn't. As I'm pulling up the Packers' depth chart, are you guys aware of who they signed at receiver this year as a free agent? Uh, not Sammy Randall Watkins. Cobb? Sammy uh, Watkins. Sammy Watkins, okay. What is that going to do? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, hey, week one, that's a guaranteed win pretty much for the Packers. Congratulations. <laughs> so their top wide receiver, we want, don't want to talk about the Packers too much. We'll talk about them in a second. Their top three, Sammy Watkins, Al Lazard, and Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb, they brought back to keep Rodgers happy. And that is not – Randall a- Cobb's knees don't work anymore. <laughs> oh, they worked against the Steelers. <laughs> um, Joe Hayden didn't jump off sides, by the way. <laughs> Jermaine Johnson – you know, I, I wouldn't wear that jacket. Uh, I couldn't pull it off. Nah, he looks cool. He looks pretty good. Yeah, he looks pretty cool. It's a, I love the glasses. Hate, yeah, he's trying the, to be Joe Burrow with the I glasses. I hate the, the draft hats, by the way. Oh, you do? Yeah, I'm not a fan Wait, of those. Wait, did he go to Georgia at first? Yeah. Okay. Shout out Independence. The, uh, this is the highest pick from a, what's it called, Last Chance You guy, correct? I believe By so. Oh, that's right. He was in Independence By a lot. Yeah, one of, those, one of those patches was Independence Community College. Stand up. Head coach Jason Brown. Not anymore. Uh, not anymore. Now he has a podcast. Yeah. And he has his own uh, whiskey. A callback yeah. to earlier in the show when I said that uh, there was a certain term that an AAC head coach used to refer to the receivers that they sent out against yeah. a mod gardener. Classic Jason Brown line. The, the term that he used for those receivers is something that Jason Brown threw around a lot on Last Chance U. <laughs> Uh, the pick coming in here for Jackson, Which leads me to believe it was Houston's very own Dana Holgerson. No, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch. Uh, as we get another Who look at the, the war Who is the 12-year-old? That is Tony Khan. That's the, the, the runner of, of the AEW. The man who runs All Elite Wrestling. Wow. That's huge. Huge. Why would Jackson. they have a Doug? That's <laughs> way Doug too big, man. The giant Doug Peterson. Who else head. are you going to have besides Trevor? Uh, the, pick in, the pick is in. It's Josh Blake Bortles. <laughs> uh, Liam, the pick is in for Jacksonville 27. Utah's Devin Lloyds. We called this one, guys. Linebacker going off the board of the Jags at 27. Yeah, with uh, Miles Jack coming to Pittsburgh, uh, obviously linebacker became a big hole in that defense. I mean, there's holes everywhere in the defense. But now uh, you go ahead and get a, a guy like Devin Lloyd, one of, if not the top linebacker, in this class, I mean, he's a freakish athlete, one of these newer kind of linebackers that's going to cover all kinds of ground. Uh, his acceleration and the way he can close gaps is really insane. He doesn't lose foot races a whole lot. Uh, he's got a lot of production, and he was also able to get into the backfield and, and make a lot of plays. So he, he's a guy that plays on instinct rather than you know reactionary. He really just doesn't really think. He just does, if that makes sense. And 
really he's just a, a smart football player that's going to add uh, kind of an engine and a, a heart, if you will, to that Jacksonville defense. Uh, at the same time, defensively speaking and for his position, he's not the biggest frame, and he kind of needs to, to work on uh, some things regarding tackling and uh, some technique things that can definitely be refined. Overall, I think that he's going to be a, an outstanding linebacker in the NFL. And I, I think this was a good value pick here for the Jaguars, and I, I think that they've got their guy that could replace Miles Jack. Uh Brian Goodkoost, oh my goodness. Uh, Tanner, that video just floored me. I can't talk about it on the air. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm terrified is what I just watched. Uh, Brian Goodkoost uh. continues to be the greatest threat to society, and we'll talk about it here in just a second with the pick that the Green Bay Packers are going to make. Uh, but, guys, I don't know if this is trivia that everybody knows at this point, but I guess I'll just go ahead and ask. Do you guys know when the last year and who it was when the Packers took a wide receiver in the first round? Jordy Nelson? No. He wasn't a first-round pick. He was no. not. Uh, was it before Rodgers was even drafted? What year was Rodgers drafted? Oh, six. It was before Rodgers. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I thought he was – was he before? Donald Driver. No, it was – Greg, Greg Jennings? Greg Jennings. 2002. In the, inside the mind of a Greg Jennings? <laughs> uh, it was Javon Walker. Do you guys – Exactly. Don't know I'd just take a was while. That, was that 02? Yeah. Oh, it was the Larry Fitz draft. Okay. Where there were like seven receivers in the first round, and Larry Fitzgerald was the only one that was any good. Uh, follow-up question, just uh, shooting from the hip. George Pickens is still available, He's right? Available. So that's a, that's still a number one. Yeah, and again, Christian yeah. Watson is the best receiver in the draft. Yeah. I said what I said. Oh, Green Bay is gonna burn. Yeah, this uh, this one's gonna ruffle some feathers. I'm By the way, I'm about to tear this to shreds. Before we get the pick in, and Daniel will tear it to shreds. Just shooting from the hip here. Uh, the Packers as an organization, it is an ancient NFL team. How many times in the whole history of the Packers have they taken a wide receiver in the first round? Three. Just, just guess. Four. Two. I say I thought that five was a shocking number, and you guys went lower than five. It is five times that the Packers have taken a wide receiver in the first round, and not since 2002. Well, that's like 5% of drafts. Yeah, but... Maybe even more. You've got a uh, is Aaron Rodgers. He's a top ten quarterback of all time, a in the in the sense of that you have had a generational quarterback and never taken a wide receiver. As I think, well, had two generational quarterbacks. That's yeah, a, right. there's a reason they only have one Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But they have two. Well, they won not, the first no, two. not with Rodgers. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean Rodgers. I mean with Rodgers. Right. They only have one, and the dude has. And that's four because of Rashard Mendenhall. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We've already had a bad night, Liam. I'm here to rub salt in the wound. But, I mean... Rashard Mendehal was having a great night listening to the U92 <laughs> draft. Just broke into tears. There's a reason that, you know, Rodgers, you know, he has four MVPs because he elevates those around him. They've never done anything to elevate Rodgers, right, in the same way. I mean, this dude starting running back for a majority of his career feels like was Eddie Lacy. So, it, it, offensively... The Packers have never really done anything to help Rodgers, and who knows if they're going to help him now. But there are receivers available to send in to help him. Spoiler alert, they won't. <laughs> they could have signed Juju for about 400 k and they didn't. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Maybe Odell's going there. But even then, that's still nothing. That's nah, not a needle mover. Like No. Oof. Especially with that. bring Desmond Howard out of retirement. Odell's going to play in the cold? Odell Beckham. Antonio Brown. Jeez. Josh Gordon. Sammy Watkins. <laughs> Sammy Watkins. 
Martavis Bryant. Martavis <laughs> Bryant. George oh. Pickens is on the board, who I have termed in my draft notes Martavis Bryant 2.0. Martavis oh, Bryant could have been as a player. Okay. an all-pro. He could have. Potentially yeah, Hall of Famer. He's Martavis Bryant without the weed. The f- <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Do we know that? F- we don't. <laughs> the first trade that the Raiders made when I started paying attention was, was trading Martavis a third-round pick for Martavis Bryant. That's trade. a good trade. Like, Holy cow. That's outstanding value. And then he was Cheeks. That's a tr- Well, he's a true number one. He just kept getting no, suspended. No, he's not. Cheeks clapping. He just kept getting suspended. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> All right, the Packers. Oh, picking. it's Andrew Whitworth. Oh. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't it be? But he was mom? Oh. Why is, why is he so out of breath? Because <laughs> it's from February. He hasn't moved since the oh. Super Bowl. He's built like Fisk from... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Kingpin. <laughs> it's Wilson Fisk. <laughs> These cheese heads off my screen. <laughs> this is not the kind of coverage. Why is that Andrew Whitworth out here for the Packers pick? Because the Rams don't have a first round pick until twenty thirty eight. Not only that, that dude looks thin. Dude, he's been in the sun. He's been soaking up some sun. That is a. He's very got the beard dyed too, man. Oh yeah, that was a great. Be- he's not fooling anybody. Dude, they had no. that, that dude, February here's footage. The thing. Here's the thing. As far as offensive linemen go. There's either the glow up where they turn into what Andrew Whitworth is now, or they gain 200 pounds immediately. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Who was is it? Joe Staley or Joe Thomas that retired and immediately was like 180? It's pounds. not Joe Thomas. Tom. Oh, oh that's Joe Thomas. That cut the weight. I think he said that. Yeah. Sorry. Wait, yeah. Joe Thomas put the weight on? No, he no, cut. Oh, I was say, yeah. He's, uh, like he's, he dropped he's got his own beer now, right? And then basically. he's on Thursday I mean, he night football coverage. So he might as well get Oof, brutal. They All didn't right. even put his name up there in Cleveland. They just have his number of stat, or number of snaps taken straight. That's kind of cool. But not his name. I get what you're saying. They That's don't have right. anybody's cool name up. It's cool except for the brain damage. We're, wow. We're hearing word about what the Patriots are doing at 29, and it is weird. Uh, and, Liam, that's your turn, so it, please I can, get I can, on that. That's coming up Liam, in a couple of picks. Liam, would you like my notes? No, Liam's got to figure it figured out. Okay. Hey, I'm sifting through the notes here. Let's just say that. Uh, we've known what this Packers it's pick a, has been for a while, and no one's yet to put it up, and Andrew Whitworth will not shut up. <laughs> well, what were you saying? You're not a Whitworth we guy. We get it. You're a good guy, I Andrew. Was just gonna say, I was just going to say the Patriots pick at 29 is the guy that I had ranked fourth at his position at a very thin position. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say. Just give the pick, man. It's uh, it's almost like he's delaying the inevitable. Get of off Aaron Rodgers announcing Aaron his Rogers throwing a bourbon glass at his head. He's gonna go to uh, and host. Why is he making the Green Bay pick? Aaron Rodgers is about to chug again a- because the Rams don't have a first round pick until twenty thirty. Aaron Rodgers is about to chug a pint glass. Who, who won the last Walter Payton before him? Drew Brees. Don't know. I have no idea. I don't think so. Like, does uh, that guy come out and make the pick for that team then the next year? That's all I get. Like, I why? No again, again. Oh, now Goodell's back. The stand, Boo! The stand-ins that they have to fill certain team sections wearing jerseys that just say NFL draft That's on the back there weren't enough are hilarious. There. All right, all right. Let's let's rein back in here. Daniel, we know what this pick is going to be. It's not a wide receiver. <laughs> it's a defensive <laughs> tackle. It's Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. I love Devontae Wyatt. I would have loved for the Steelers to take Devontae Wyatt at number 20. I don't know why the Packers are taking Devontae Wyatt because the Packers have Kenny Clark signed yep. through 2024 and they just signed Jaron Reed to a one-year contract coming over from Kansas City. So 
you've got your two defensive tackle spots locked up for at least the next year, and you're spending a first-round pick on Devontae Wyatt when there are still borderline first-round talent receivers left on the board. I, I just do not understand this pick in any way, shape, or form for the Patriots. Uh, again, you've got Jaron Reed on a one-year deal. You were thinking he'd be a stopgap, and I'm thinking you got to this point, didn't expect Devontae Wyatt to be here, but still... You draft two defensive players in the first round after you nearly had Aaron Rodgers call it quits on you earlier this year, and your top three receivers are Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, and Sammy Watkins. I, I don't get it. Like I said, I love Devontae Wyatt. Uh, he has some off-the-field concerns uh, that, that there was an arrest at one point that I think caused him to slide a little bit. As a player, I think he is a borderline top 20 talent. You're getting at 28, but... At the end of the day, this doesn't make sense for the Packers. You know, if I was going 28th off the board to one of the most historic franchises in all of sports, and the most interesting fact that they came up for me was I enjoyed playing paintball as a kid, I would rethink yeah. my career. Yeah, and congrats, Aaron Rodgers. He has a new D-tackle and linebacker to throw to. <laughs> <laughs> can we check Rodgers' Twitter? Is he, uh, is yeah, he I did. Can I, hasn't give, you, said can I give you a uh, – Pat McAfee. On he's, in, he's in the middle of a juice it, cleanse right, right now. He it, can't even type. He'll be on Ma McAfee on Tuesday, I assume. That'll be oh, a, really? something interesting. Uh, a stat about Pickett, if I may, from Cynthia Freeland. From Kenny? For, We're going back to Kenny? For Pickett. Real quick. This might make you feel a little better. <laughs> so, Cynthia Freeland says computer vision shows that Kenny Pickett was the best quarterback in the FBS last season against pro-style defenses. And it is calculated that he had 113 passer rating against those defenses. That Neat. would put him in the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL. Neat. I'm yeah, sorry, nice I... 113 passer rating with 122 yards, three picks, and no touchdowns. Uh, by the way, apologize for the emergency. Can we weather talk through this? I, you're not supposed to, but we just did. Shh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, the uh, we we probably should have gone to a break there and rain back in. It's getting a little little crazy here in the after hours. So by the way, again, Devontae White is the pick hours. that makes oh, no oh, sense. Wait. But wait until we Here's see. Here's a Rogers quote. Patriots are going to take a twenty nine. We have a Rogers quote. This is right now four minutes ago from Pat McAfee. He was on the McAfee show. When I made my decision, I was thinking Devontae would be back, and I have so much love for him, and I wish him the best. Uh -huh. So, I mean, uh, there's a video. I can't play the video, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's two and a half minutes long. But that's the quote that McAfee so they went with. signed him and then punched him in the head? Essentially is what that feels like. So, he, so the Packers okay. may have leveraged saying, hey, Devontae's going to be here. Turn around and trade him right away once there's they get no Rodgers way, locked in. Surely there's no way they said That's that. what it feels like. It had like. to be more like a, yeah, I'd be interested in him signing, but Devontae's still going to be here. Right. So Here's the pen. You know, I, I, there's no way they lied when to When I made my decision, Devontae. I was thinking Devontae would be back. I mean, he could still demand a trade, I guess. Nobody's picking up that cap hit. Nobody has room for that cap hit. The Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rams do somehow. Wait, let's, uh, let's get a little weird here. The Patriots picks in. Get ready, Liam, because this one's going to be an absolute worldie. Let's get weird here. Aaron Rodgers just called Brian Gutekunst and said, screw you, buddy, I'm out. There's no first-round picks to trade for anymore. They have to be future first, Jordan and you Love. have to trade more because those picks don't mean as much. What, what do you mean? I mean, yeah, it's his, it's, it's his team. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, if you're... Uh, it would have the, to be the Titans, I think. Yeah, if, like, if you're the Falcons or something like that, it's too late now. You can't trade too many future first because you could 
I, I'm trying to put this into words. Future first don't mean as much as a, a first-round pick in the draft that's currently happening, and all of those picks are gone now except for the Patriots, Chiefs, Bengals, and Vikings, three of which don't need a quarterback, and 29's not going to get you Aaron Rodgers with future first. So let's just say that he puts his badge and his gun on Gutekunst's desk. What does that mean? What happens now? Because that's the kind of thing that happens before the draft, so you can get yeah, those picks. And it probably takes it. It would probably take a while. It does. I, I yeah. I don't. I don't know what Green Bay. They'd probably tell him too bad. It's too late. Yeah. I. I really don't know. I mean, the team that came to my mind that I just said that might be able to do it. Obviously, it's going to be future first round picks, but it would be the Titans. They can give them Tannehill. That money. Is probably makes it a little easier for the Titans because Tannehill's making a lot of money too. Right, his contract's so so big. they they could they could give him Tannehill. I think Tannehill he might have like two years left on his contract, and then obviously probably two or three firsts, uh, and then Tennessee would be a real player in the AFC. But uh, that's the team that came to mind you for know, me. All I'm saying might is, be able to do that. Kevin Colbert might be playing 3D chess when Kenny Pickett in a first-round pick gets traded for Aaron Rodgers tomorrow. You don't know. You never know. <laughs> sure. It's a it's a pretty lofty contract. I'm curious to see what teams can get that in under the cap. Four more picks to go in the first round. It's the Patriots at 29, the Chiefs at 30, the Bengals at 31, and the Vikings now at 32 become uh, a very odd uh, spot for them to pick in. Quarterback? Wait a second. Is this the same guy that just popped up on my board that we saw from that tweet a moment ago? Uh, the Patriots are going interior offensive line yeah. with this pick at 29. Uh, Liam from Chattanooga. It's Cole Strange. Yeah, so looking uh, through the notes here, once again, sifting through and seeing Cole Strange, uh, one of the top center prospects uh, towards most people's boards. Uh, you know, he's a guy with quick – uh, sort of agile movement, and he has decent footwork to go with it. Uh, he's got flexibility throughout uh, with what he's doing, and overall I, I think he's going to be a, a solid addition. At the same time, he doesn't quite have the size that you'd want for an NFL-type interior guy, uh, and he can, for that reason, be bullied and kind of pushed around at times. And again, this was at Chattanooga, so it's going to be a big step for him going to the NFL, I think that he's going to have to uh, put on a lot of mass and you know muscle, and I think the Patriots will be good for that. Uh, and, again, I, I think that he's going to be a, a good pick overall for the Patriots as I try and read what Ben is trying to show me here. Uh, he got a – okay, so it looks like the, the Patriots, a stunner from New England. The Patriots take Chattanooga guard. Cole Strange just had a coach from another team text me, I love that guy. So – there's uh there's some Maybe praise he just across likes his personality. the league. I mean, mean <laughs> there's some praise across the league. No longer a smokescreen. They're speaking honestly, and uh, sounds like Strange has some fans around the league. I don't know uh, what Daniel thought about him, but that's kind of the the breakdown that I have. I thought Cole Strange was a really high ceiling center prospect who had to have some things break right. He was my 89th overall prospect. Oof. Uh, coming into this draft and of course he goes off the board at 29 so 60 spots he jumps up compared to my big board uh, but he's a really scrappy player on the interior of the line and he's got a big frame to play center six foot four 307 pounds uh, he's a little bit hit and miss with his technique his hand timing is is not great 
Uh, he's pretty agile, but a little bit heavy-footed at times. Uh, he's a really balanced blocker. He sets up a wide base, uh, and he's a really good finisher with his blocks. Uh, he'll take guys down and keep them there, uh, I will certainly say. Uh, but he came to the position late. He's still growing into his body. I wouldn't have taken him at 29, especially with David Andrews under contract for four more years. Uh, but I don't hate the pick. I just, like I said, would not have taken him in the first round. I've refrained from making hot takes in this NFL draft. I'll go ahead and make one now. I know we like Jermaine Johnson. I like George Karloftis more than I like Jermaine Johnson. And Daniel Karloftis, who I know you're not a fan of, uh, goes off the board to Kansas City at 30. I'm not not a fan of George Karloftis. I, I would just say... This is a good spot for him. Uh, yes, it is. And I think there are better edge rushers still available uh compared to George Karloftis, uh, who I had as my 26th overall prospect. So this is good value to get him at 30. Uh, he's my seventh best edge rusher in this draft, and there's only one guy that I have, or two guys, if you count Ojabo, ranked ahead of him at that position that have already come off the board. He is an absolute mauler uh, as, as a power rusher. He's got really quick hands. He's really strong going forward, and he just runs guys over. He runs tackles over coming off of the edge. Uh, but he's not a particularly nuanced rusher. He hasn't added a lot to his game during his college career. He's really a very similar player now that he was as a freshman. I'm not necessarily sure he's going to get a lot better, but he's a very good player right now. Uh, so I, I think George Karloftis is a guy uh, that is a little bit similar to Aiden Hutchinson in that I don't know that there's a much higher ceiling, but it's a guy that I think can step in day one and be productive and maintain that production over the length of his career. Uh, so it's it's a pick that I like, particularly for the Chiefs, uh, who add a guy that can play a 4-3 end in that system. I'm looking at their depth chart as we speak. They have Frank Clark on one side, and their left defensive end is Mike Dana, yeah. who I am not familiar with. Not good. Who I am not familiar with. He was terrible against the Raiders. So this is a good addition in a position of need. I would certainly say. A little bit of international flavor thrown in at the end of the first year, too. Yeah, native of Greece, uh, moved to the United States at the age of 13. His father passed away uh, when he was 13 years old, uh, when he was living in Greece, which is his father's home country. His parents met in college, moved to Greece, uh, and that's where George was born. His father passes away when he's 13. His mother is from West Lafayette, uh, Indiana, which is where Purdue is. They move back to be with her family in West Lafayette. He makes the decision to go to Purdue. Really had his pick of the litter when it came to college choices. Goes to Purdue. Very productive. Becomes an NFL first-round draft pick. We're going to step aside for the final time. When we come back, we've got the first of the final two picks of the first round. We'll set you up for day two, get our closing thoughts, and conclude coverage of the NFL draft. This is the 2022 NFL Draft on U92. College life can be stressful. If you feel anxious or depressed, you can talk with a trained crisis counselor for free, day or night. No appointment or insurance necessary. Call 1-877-HELP-304 or chat online at help304.com. Help 304 is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. Hello, this is Gordon Gee, and I am thrilled to be listening to U92.
Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... Uh, Interesting? Yeah. <laughs> When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. and 27 minutes special thanks to everybody that made this draft possible by the way luke blaine we talked about what we thought his reaction may or may not be uh to the browns browns aj brown getting traded excuse me from the titans he's not happy i would not be either uh but he was a part of our pre-draft show along with johnny hamilton that's john ham uh not to mention jacob janowski you heard a little bit there and manny maradiege and the five voices that you have in front of you right now myself luke wiggs daniel woods Tanner Lambert, Liam Bellin, and Benjamin Mackey. Uh, gentlemen, we've got two more picks to go through, and then we'll get our closing thoughts before we wrap up coverage of the NFL drafts, my final draft on United 2, and it's been a very pleasurable one. Thank you guys for coming along for the ride, and our listeners as well. Uh, I would invite you guys to tune in next Wednesday. We've got a bit of a swan song for the seniors here. We're going to have a senior sports pitch. We're going to talk a little sports, but we're also going to talk about some of our greatest moments at U92. And this is interesting for mostly me and Daniel. No offense, guys. Uh, the WVU show, our hour from 6 to 7 when we talk about WVU sports, Daniel and I will – what have we decided? We are going to rank our top five all-time West Virginia wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. And then we're going to give you – we haven't decided on this one yet. We're either going to do each other's all-time starting five – well, we'll do top eight. WVU basketball team, either all-time or players that have played since we've been alive. So it's going to be a fun conversation. You guys are going to want to tune in for that. Uh, and then we have Mountaineer baseball coming up next weekend. Uh, it's Tejas, is it not? Texas? Tejas, that's right. Yeah, and we have Pitt coming up on Tuesday. Is that Tuesday or is it a week from Tuesday? you got a, you got a series this weekend to get right, though, first. You've got to go win three the, games. Is it the 10th? Yeah, I think we got Texas the and then Pitt. Uh, Texas and yeah, then Pitt, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, okay. Uh, so we've got a three-game series against Texas to promote what's going on in the sports staff. We're running out of events before uh, some of us graduate. Hey, Jimmy Gaudio, if you're listening, let me do play-by-play -play for one of those baseball games. Yeah, me too. I'm just saying. Ben Mackey's had his turn. You've done like 15 hours of baseball mid -week, in a week. Midweek starter, Ben Mackey. Yeah, he yeah played, well, he how many did we do last night, Ben? One well, baseball game. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, how many hours? <laughs> we were there. For, you were there for what? Six hours. Well, yeah. The game was three hours forty-five minutes. I was there for two hours before, an hour and a half before. Hey, okay. Commitment. Hey, yeah. First one in, last one out. Ben Mackey. All right. The pick is in for the Bengals. 
Liam Bellin, uh, a solid pick for a divisional rival, you would have to say, as Daxton Hill, safety, slot corner, extraordinaire for Michigan, goes off the board of the Bengals at 31. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the strongest options for uh, that position and what, other than Kyle Hamilton, went second, correct? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Dax Hill's a guy that, again, very versatile in the secondary, and he's going to bring a lot of – I mean, you look at the Bengals right now, and you've got Von Bell and you've got Jesse Bates, so two strong safeties and two of the strongest in the in the, the league. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where Hill projects. Like you said, he could end up probably playing nickel or, or some variation of, of corner and maybe flexing at safety at times. But he's a guy that's going to bring versatility. He's good in the air, you know, good ball skills, able to, uh, you know, generate turnovers at times. And overall, I, I think Hill – Coming from Michigan and coming from a, a strong defense and a strong defensive coach uh, and John Harbaugh, I think that he's is a good fit in Cincinnati, and I think he's a good fit for any fo- uh, NFL team. I think that his skill set really suits the modern kind of versatile defensive back that a lot of teams are looking for, and clearly Cincinnati wanted that too. You, you can see how skilled he is and how highly they think of him when, like I said, you have two of the best or better safeties in the league, and you go ahead and still pick him. So I think that this is a valuable pick once again for the Bengals. I think that they did pretty good with this one, and I think Hill projects as a a solid starter in the NFL that can play a lot of places. I should have added it up really quickly. Are we up to four or five members of the Georgia defense that have been taken already? Let me look really quickly. Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, and Quay Walker. So four. Uh, Spoiler alert, it's going to be five. Let's go ahead and just go to that pick right now so we can get our closing thoughts, Daniel. Uh, as the final pick of the first round will be the fifth member taken. By the way, uh, I'll bring up Lewis Brinson, or Lewis Brinson, Will Brinson, uh, uh, once or twice more before the show's over because I'm a big fan of his work. He likes to equate the last year's Georgia defense to the, what is it, 2019 LSU, LSU offense. I've said that for quite some time. Where it's like there's going to be five, six, seven studs from this when you go back and look at it. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us would agree. Uh, but, Daniel, it's Lewis Sign, the safety – He's under 100, uh, 100, 100 pounds, yikes, 100, 200 pounds at 199, 6'2". The safety out of Georgia is the final pick of the first I round. I really like Lewis Seen, much like his teammate Quay Walker. He's a late riser uh, in the draft process, up to number 32. Uh, he just flies around, man. He's outstanding in the back end. Uh, he hunts the football. That's what jumps off the page. He's got the athleticism to chase slot receivers and tight ends, uh, but he really makes his hay coming downhill and lowering the boom on people. Uh, he has elite processing, elite play recognition in the back end, and attacks the football like a madman. He just gets after ball carriers, shoots gaps really well, is a very good run fitter, and is an intelligent defender who doesn't necessarily have elite range over the top but can still make plays in coverage. This is an interesting pick considering if you're going to go safety, they could have probably stayed at 12 and got Kyle Hamilton. Uh, But I I like the pick. I think he's a good fit there. Uh, they've got Cameron Bynum at free safety, who is a former fourth-round pick who's been okay. Uh, but you want somebody back there with Harrison Smith that can cover a little bit more ground as he gets older, and I think Lewis Seen can do that very well. We'll recap the first draft here in just a moment, the first round, excuse me. Uh, but there have been seven? Nine. Nine. Oh, nine trades in the first round. Uh, and Ben Mackey, I will give you the pleasure of uh, recapping who's moved up, who's moved down, what the picks were, uh, and the nine trades that have happened in the first round. 
Yep, so nine total. It all started with the Saints trading up to 11 with the Commanders. At 11, they took Chris Olave. The Commanders got 16 in return for that, as well as 98-120 with the 16th pick. They took Jahan Dotson. Next, the Lions traded up to 12 with the Vikings, where they selected Jamison Williams. They also got 46. The Vikings got 32, 34, and 66 in that trade. 32 just a moment ago, Lewis Sign. Next, the Eagles traded up with the Texans to get number 13, which turned into Jordan Davis. The Texans got 15, 124, 162, 166. 15, they took Kenyon Green. And then the Ravens traded with the Cardinals. The Cardinals got Hollywood Brown, the wide receiver, and pick number 100. The Ravens got pick number 23, which they later turned into pick number 25. The Titans traded with the Eagles. The Eagles got A.J. Brown, signed him to a four-year extension, $100 million, $57 million guaranteed. The Titans got pick number 18, which turned into Traylon Burks, as well as pick number 101. Next, the Chiefs traded up with the Patriots. They got pick number 21, which turned into Trent McDuffie. The Patriots got 29, where they took Cole Strange, as well as 94 and 121. Then the Bills traded with the Ravens again. Bills got 23, took Kair Elam, and then the Ravens finally got their pick with all the trades involved uh, at 25, where they took Tyler Linderbaum. They also got pick number 130. The Jets traded with the Titans. The Jets got pick number 26, where they took Jermaine Johnson, as well as pick number 101. The Titans got 35, 69, 163. Lastly, the Jaguars traded with the Bucks. The Jaguars moved up to 27 to get Devin Lloyd. The Bucks got 33, 106, and 180. Out of all of those, did the Cardinals try to get AJ Brown? Because mm. they got Hollywood Brown, and then about a minute later, the Eagles got AJ Brown for not too much more. Traded for the wrong guy, um, the wrong Brown. Look at how tired Goodell looks. He is ragged. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Roger. <laughs> He's been in Vegas too long. I mean He's got that Sean McNeil hair going on. Uh Ben, let me put you back on the spot. I won't ask everybody else this because it's a lot to keep track of. My favorite trade of those, uh, besides the AJ Brown one, which I think is an obvious pick, I like the Vikings picking up thirty two that turned into Lewis sign, and it was a thirty four, right, that they pick up as well. Uh, yes. That's somebody that, that, again, Christian Watts is still on the board. We'll get Daniel Woods' favorite picks for the second and third round coming up here in just a moment. But I like that they have one of the early picks tomorrow as well. That was my favorite piece of business. And like we said, the A.J. Brown one makes a ton of sense. That could go to as well. But uh, other than those two, what's the trade that stands out the most to you? It's maybe your favorite. What team did the best business? Um, probably the Jets with the Titans. Jets moving up to 26 to take Jermaine Johnson. It was a guy that they had on their top 10 on their board and they thought about taking him at 10 but he fell all the way down to 26 and at that point the Jets just decided there you know what at this at this point there's no way that we can let him slip through our fingers so they decided to trade up with the Titans take Jermaine Johnson they also get pick 101 back and in return the Titans who are also active in the trading uh tonight get 35 69 and 163 all right guys mostly because I have to get up and go to work tomorrow uh, I want to go around the room one final time. Everybody gets a chance to pontificate. Uh, and let's do this. Tell me who your favorite selection in the first round was. 
maybe tell you your least favorite. Don't say Kenny Pickett, please. Um, if we can do that, your favorite pick of the first round, maybe your least favorite pick of the first round. Shout out some day two, day three prospects that you'd really like to see. Either go to your team or just somebody that uh, either you wanted to see pick today that wasn't that you think would be a steal in the second round or somebody that is a day three pick that you think could be an absolute superstar in the future. Uh, what's that UTSA corner? Tariq Woolen. Tariq Woolen. Really, really big fan of his. I wanted to go first and say okay. that I love the Jordan okay. Davis pick, and Tariq Woolen is the player that if the Raiders take him tomorrow, I might ascend into heaven. Uh, so, Daniel Woods, we'll start with you. Favorite pick of the first round, least favorite pick. Shout out some guys that you like day two, day three. Your closing thoughts. Uh, my favorite pick of the first round is Devin Lloyd at 27 of the Jags. That was an absolute masterstroke. Uh, from Trent Baalke, who I'm not particularly high on as a general manager, <laughs> to trade back into the first round and get a guy that I had as a top 10 talent at 27. That's that's a pretty good piece of business there for a Jaguars team that's going to need some more pieces like that to be even remotely competitive. Uh, I really liked that. My least favorite pick, and it's not because of the player. I really like the player, but Trent McDuffie at 21 to the Chiefs just did not make sense to me going into the AFC West where he's going to have to deal with Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams and Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are all very physical receivers. He's just not that kind of corner. He's a zone corner who's going to cover space as opposed to somebody that's going to come up and press a bigger receiver like that. And it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Uh, as far as day two, guys, I've talked about him all night. I talked about him last week. David Ojabo is a top 15 talent in this draft who's coming off that torn Achilles. He's the number one player left on my board. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. There's a guy from Penn State that I'm sure is going to come up on the other side of the table that I'm going to leave to either Ben or Liam. Uh, but there's a guy from Penn State, an edge rusher, that's in my top five remaining players. Uh, if I'm going to look a little further down my board, I'll give you three names of guys that I'm probably a little higher on than the consensus that I think are going to be very, very good NFL players. Perrion Winfrey, the defensive tackle out of Oklahoma, is an absolute monster. He's one of the quickest interior defensive linemen I've seen. He shoots gaps extremely well and blows plays up in the backfield. He's an absolute monster pursuing the football. Chad Muma, uh, the linebacker out of Wyoming, he's a converted safety, covers ground like an absolute madman and was very, very productive at Wyoming. I think somebody's going to be very happy if they can get him as a coverage linebacker uh, who can stop the run as well. And then another guy out of that Oklahoma defense, Nick Benito, uh, an edge rusher who is probably going to be at least early in his career more of a passing downs player. I don't think he's going to be a three-down guy because he's a little bit smaller. Uh, but he's an edge rusher that was extremely productive at Oklahoma. He's maybe the guy with the best bend out of any edge rusher in this draft. He comes off the edge very, very fast. He's like It's like he shot out of a cannon when he's coming off the edge. He's very hard to keep in front of you if you're an offensive tackle, uh, and I really like him also as a day-two pick. Those are all guys that I would take in the second round. I think Muma and Benito will go in that second round. But I love Perry on Winfrey. I'm much higher on him than really anybody is. Uh, yeah, for me, I think the smartest pick of the first round was at five with the Giants taking Thibodeau because then uh, it allowed them to be able to still get their tackle that they wanted at seven. So kind of one decision at five, taking Kayvon Thibodeau, who some had as the best player in this draft, gives them also one of the two best offensive tackles in the draft and Evan Neal as well the one that I didn't really understand 
was Devontae Wyatt at 28. Not because I don't think he'll be a good player, just because it doesn't make sense that the Packers, after they already took a linebacker at 22, decided not to get a skill position or receiver of some sort for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so uh, that one didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Day two, at least from a Steelers perspective, I'm thinking Sky Moore, the receiver from Western Michigan. Um, also look out for Arnold Ebekide, uh off the edge. I think he'll go probably pretty high uh, in the second round. And then maybe Brisker, maybe he falls to the third round, the safety from Penn State as well. Maybe he sneaks into the second round. Yeah, I, I agree with you from the Steelers' perspective of things. Another guy that maybe could still be there is George Pickens, who I wouldn't complain about having either been. Uh, my most concerning pick, I thought, was Stingley to the Texans. I felt like that was a reach, especially with Gardner still on the board. Um, I think the Jets are going to have the better of the two, and they got the uh, the only option they had out of the two. Um, but I think they were dealt the better hand there. Stingley, he has upside, but we just haven't seen it in a while and he played in these SEC games where, you know, the most talent in the world is. You can believe that or not if you want to. Um, and the effort just wasn't there. And so, you know, for me, I would rather have a guy like Gardner on my team who put 110% in every single play. I mean, the dude didn't let up a touchdown in a college career. Yeah, he wasn't at a Power 5 school, but there's still something to that, in my opinion. Uh, so the Stingley pick was not my favorite. Uh, my there were two teams that I really liked their first-round drafts. I really liked Baltimore's. Uh, they, they really tend to draft well. I understand that Lamar Jackson's upset because he didn't get a skill guy or whatever. But they made some great moves, uh, were able to bend around in the draft and get what they needed. Uh, and the Linderbaum pick is a really, really nice pick for their own line. I still worry about their left tackle position. Alejandro Villanueva was their starter last year. We all know that that's not a great starter, and now he's retired at this point. But I don't know what they're going to stick out there. And then, uh, you know, as far as day two goes, I, I, I really like uh, Andrew Booth Jr. still not taken. Uh, he's up there on the board. Roger McCreary out of Auburn. And uh, George Pickens is a guy who I'm really high on. And then I'm really excited to see where some of these other quarterbacks go. A few weeks ago when we were doing the first draft segment, I think, Daniel Woods, our, our fellow guy here, said – there would either be one or two quarterbacks taken or seven. It was going to be one or the two the other ways, and instead we saw a ton of receivers taken. Um, so we didn't see the QB carousel that some of us could have predicted and you know a lot of the experts predicted, uh, which surprised me a little bit. The Steelers get Pickett. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, I'll leave it at that. For me, one of the better picks of the night, I'm going to go to Detroit. You trade up and you go ahead and get Jamison Williams. I think that's good value at 12. I think he's one of the best receivers in the draft. Uh, just has to overcome that ACL injury. Like Daniel mentioned before, you know, it's not exactly – obviously it's a it's something that you have to recover from, but it's not what it used to be. So if you can get Jamison Williams back to how he was playing this season, uh, I think that he could be an absolute steal there and the type of guy that you want to trade up for and get good value for. Another receiver I'm going to go to as the pick I don't like. Uh, if you're Tennessee, you trade A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. I think that's a huge downgrade. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Burks, but I wasn't exactly as high on him as other people, and you combine that with the fact that Brown is a top receiver in the league. I think that that was just uh, – obviously, there were other factors to it, like money that they couldn't quite sort out, so you end up having to move him because – 
you know, you, you don't want to be stuck high and dry with getting nothing from him and he leaves in free agency. I get that. but And you still get a replacement for him, and I think Burks can be dynamic. At the same time, I think it's just a big downgrade for a team that doesn't have a whole lot of weapons outside of Brown and uh, Derrick Henry. So that was something for me that was a bit concerning. As for day two, guys, uh, we kind of talked about it before. I'm going to say names that have already been mentioned. I mean, Andrew Booth, uh, probably the, the top corner remaining. I wouldn't be mad if the, the Steelers, if he was to fall that far, which he probably won't, if the Steelers would take a chance on him. Uh, like you said before, Daniel, uh, Arnold Ebikati, he's a, a really good edge, a guy that I think has kind of ascended up draft boards and a guy that I think can make a difference for a team as a dynamic pass rusher that can cause turnovers. Another edge rusher is uh, Boye Mafe from uh, Minnesota. That's a, a really staggering kind of dynamic guy. Another guy that can get after the quarterback and, and give you what you need. I like George Pickens. I like Sky Moore. Uh, and I'm interested to see, like Tanner said, uh, where you know where's Matt Corral and, and the Sam Howells of the world going to go. We heard about Carson Strong uh, long ago. I didn't even mention Malik Willis. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see where those kind of guys fall in. You know, does Bailey Zappi go tomorrow in the in the third round? Probably not, but... Uh, it, it'll <laughs> just as uh, just throwing names out there. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how these quarterbacks pan out because there's quite a lot of them, and it's always interesting to see a, a team take a flyer on a QB. We saw, I mean, as a Steelers fan, all the flyers that they've taken on QBs have been horrible. You saw Davis Mills last season, who I wanted the Steelers to maybe take a flyer on. He looks like he could be the starter in Houston. So you never know when the the right guy falls into the right scheme or whatever it may be, and you take a flyer on a guy that that might pan out. So. That's another thing I'm looking forward to. You know, I feel like David Tennant at the end of Doctor Who, guys. I don't want to go. Um, the NFL draft is – it's a weird thing to say, but it's the f- my favorite thing to do at U92. It's the only thing that we've been able to do all four years that I've been here. Uh, my sophomore year, we zoomed in, Alex, from the station computer, and I did the draft at WAJR. Last year, we did it down in the basement in the war bunker. Uh, and then my first year, half the staff couldn't come to the draft because it was the opening night of one of the Avengers movies. I don't know. Uh, so people had to leave. For to that. be fair, I was there. Well, you weren't on U92 staff. Yeah, and I, I was also not watching the movie, making sure Saquon Barkley was not a Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the NFL drafts have been an absolute blast to do over the last couple of years. Ben, you all right? You got some breaking news before we leave? Not really, just... A quick note. <laughs> okay. Tonight's wait was the longest collective wait for a QB class in the draft in 25 years. Mm. First QB taken uh, that year in 97 was Jim Drucken Miller. Great. So that doesn't make me feel great. Well, another thing, I think Lewis Riddick's going to be the new GM of the Steelers. Um, I'd be fun. I, I, I wouldn't hate it, but tonight he said on ESPN, give me Kenny Pickett. Quarterback plays about decision-making and accuracy. He has that. Do, I don't say he's a bad athlete. He'll play in the NFL at a high level. Right. So we'll see. From the mouth of babes. It's a hard pass, Lewis. <laughs> uh, so with that being said, special thanks to everybody that made the draft possible. Special thanks to all of you that listened. We were looking to s- at some of the streaming numbers as the uh, show was going on. Did pretty good. And you guys were all excellent. Our two analysts, Daniel Woods and Liam Bellin. Uh, Tanner Lambert, the rookie, doing a very good job. Uh, and Ben Mackey keeping us Bang up to date, Alan McAnally, uh, with his uh, instant analysis and the tweets that came in and the breaking news as well. Um, all right. 
I guess that's it. We'll go ahead and leave it there. We're done. Special thanks for everybody that listened over the last six hours. Thus concludes coverage of the NFL Draft. This has been coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft on U92 The Moose.